Another one. Got a good episode for you this week. We were fortunate enough to sit down with a real life movie producer, director, writer, actor, you name it. He does it all. Mr. Ryan James. Um, Ryan was kind enough to invite us over to his place to for like a formal sit down. He's been someone we've been trying to nail down for a while. We met him originally at the Marina Del Rey Film Festival when we caught the uh, world premiere of Cannibal Comedian, and we've been following him and the whole um, Happy Fright slash uh, Pink Plaid team uh, ever since. And so uh, Ryan's got a ton of different projects under his belt at the moment. Um, They are just coming off, coming from um, Joe Bob Briggs' uh, third annual Drive-In Jamboree, where Cannibal Comedian won a hubby. And they showed the movie there, and then Ryan's in Mutilator 2, um, which they premiered that there. And then he's got a bunch of other stuff kind of coming down the pipe for the rest of the year. So I don't want to ruin it. I'm going to go ahead and just end it there and say Ryan's an awesome guy, and we're super thankful that he allowed us into his home and into his mind and his heart for a couple hours. And we are looking forward to continue to follow him and to see what else comes from him and um, just kind of you know bask in uh, his glory and, and make sure that we're putting it out there for the world to to catch anyways enjoy and we'll see you on the next one coming soon thanks guys for show for show i uh suck at getting shit started i feel like uh, ricky bobby i don't know what to do with my hands uh-huh you know you need to have like a uh, you need to have like a go-to uh, thing like uh those podcasters who just have like the the um they have like their their intro it's all the same thing it's like to where their fans can just uh like mimic they can match it all they know all the lines like anytime i watch like anthony fantano do like the needle drop reviews okay uh he he has all of his intros are exactly the same beats and all of his outros are the, like you can mouth the the exact same <laughs> i mean he's also like the biggest like youtube music critic but like it's when you get kind of have a gimmick that you can go to that uh it makes fans want to come back because they know what they're gonna get it's like watching it's like having like a theme song you know what i mean so we have a theme song for the show well it's just like a theme track if you will and I am still, I don't know why, but every single time we always turn up, like we, we play it live on the way in and we do it live on the way out. And so if you're really paying attention to every episode, mm-hmm. it's never the same timing coming in or out per episode. Like it's always different, but okay. it's always the same track. So okay, um, it's just a side effect of uh, me teaching myself all this shit on YouTube. Right, sure. Because I don't know how to do any of it, you know? Okay. So, <laughs> fa- like, what, what would, what's your, do you have any catchphrases? Uh, catchphrases, no. We have nicknames. So, you know, my name's Paul. So, I, we go rated PG for me. Okay. Uh, Matt is Matthias. De- oh, I don't know where he came up with that. Uh, Raymond, we call Ray Ray. Um, we refer to the audience as weirdos. But... Yeah, no, not, not so much. <laughs> That'll keep them around. Hey, welcome back, weirdos. Yeah. It's time. Well, it's New funny. City Horror. It's funny because 
uh, Joe Bob refers to his, you know, mutants. the fan base as mutants. So yeah. I'm like, well, we can't do that. Yeah. You know, even though the show is called Mutant City Horror. Welcome back, fuckos! Yeah, like, well, there you go, yeah. <laughs> just like... We love you! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We promise! <laughs> is this aggressive enough? So, yeah, no, I don't know. We're still trying to find our little niche, if you will. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find, you gotta get something. Get something that brings brings them back in. You know, even if you do, even if you do it after your your theme or whatever, you know, it's just that it's that hook. Yeah. You know, you need you need to you need to grab them for because, and I will tell you this, I, and I've noticed this in podcasts that I have listened to or podcasts that I've gone on to that people are like, give me your thoughts or whatever after, and I'm always like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was listening to for somebody else's thing. You know, like I was just, I was lost. Gotcha. And, and the fact that I didn't know who the host was and who they were interviewing and they're, they're, they're shooting the shit for 20 minutes. Oh, wow. I, I, I'm sitting, I, I'm, it's like being at a party and nobody's inviting you into the conversation. Oh, do you know my friend? Yeah, my yeah, friend yeah. Bill? Like <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's like you kind of need that little to know it's safe to come in and be like, oh, I just listened to this randomly. Right. But if you come in and it sounds too random and, and you, don't, you feel like you don't belong and you're not a member of the club, like you should be able to have a clip where you're just like, you, you interview, uh, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, say, let's say you bring in a big, big person, right? It's like, it's like when... when uh, like I, Ryan James? Yeah, like Ryan James. There Hi. you go. Uh, bigger than me. Bigger than <laughs> Ryan James. Can it be possible? Um, maybe. We'll find out. Um, but like, it's, it's when you have a, a, an episode that's so... That, that's a guest that's so good that their diehard, like, audience members have to listen to it. Right. So they're listening for the first time and they're introduced to it and then they'll listen to every episode after that. So, like, I don't know if you uh, caught that, like, Drake... I, I didn't listen to the interview. I've seen the meme interviews, but like Drake and that the one girl on the bed. It's the bed interview. I don't know if you saw that. I have no idea what that she's is. She's like she's like one of the like the biggest like YouTubers now. But she had Drake on, and they did a conversation. They did like a recording where they have mics, and they're just in bed under the covers, and they have like an hour conversation. Oh shit! But nobody knew who she was. There's like a partnership deal, and there's like a whole. If you like go down a deep dive, you'll see that like. There's like some blackmail rumors where the episode got removed. It's her most popular episode, but everyone's now a fan of hers already. But like, whatever that is to hook, it's that episode that you'll eventually have where people have to listen to it and they want to feel like they're a part of your gang. Yeah, I got Not you. just like, oh, that two people are, are hanging out and I'm not invited type of thing. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where we struggle with is trying to find our niche. I mean... I don't know. I feel like I love podcasts, but I feel like it's a oversaturated market at this point. Like everybody's got a podcast. Mm. So what do you do to kind of stand out a little bit and you know that's really important. Kind of hook an audience and yeah, and gain a following. There's never know? too many podcasts out there. But I got it. Like when you think of your favorite podcasts or your favorite review channels or your favorite news pundit channels online or whatever, you know, you already can think off the top of your head right now. What are my favorite things that they do on that? Mm -hmm. Think of Joe Bob. Think mm -hmm. about how, like Joe Bob introduces shows, how he rates shows, his little tier list, his yeah. breakdown. You know, every time you go into an episode, you want to know how Joe Bob's going to go through his A, B, C, D, E, F tiers right. that like you're accustomed to because that's what you know you're going to get. You know, because it's like it's like hanging out with a friend. I know if I hang out with this friend, we're going to have this time. We're going to do this. We're going to. It's going to be a good time. But like. You know, again, if you're like thrown into a mix and you're floundering, 
then it, you know you fe you feel like you're floundering as a as a viewer. Right. So it's like you do definitely want to have something that's like it's like welcoming an old friend back. You know, people like comfort food. Like people like like TV shows and stuff. Like my director uh, Sav Rogers was staying with me for like a week and a half, and every single day I was like, "Let's go do this thing. Let's go out and do this. Let's watch this movie. Let's watch this cut of this thing." He's like, "I just want to sit home and I just want to watch." SVU. Like, that's it. I just want to watch Endless Law and Order because it's always going to wrap up the same way. There, I, I can always predict how it's going to happen. I need comfort food. Right. I need to feel like it's the end of the day and I can wind down and it's safe. There's nothing that's going to throw me out of a loop or whatever. You know, so like when, I, when I'll be driving to work or whatever, I'll listen to like, you know, a, a TV, TV review show or, what, or whatever it is. It's like, I know what I'm going to get based off of that because time is so precious. I got. I gotta know. Oh well, I have a thirty-minute drive. I gotta listen to this thing. Right. I gotta hear yeah, what they think yeah, about 100%. this thing. But that's just a long, big, long rant. That like. No, it's good. It's good because you know I get caught up in the, you know I listen to other review podcasts and they all kind of do the same to kill counts and all that stuff. Sure. And so I've always kind of I've, we've never really talked about it, but I've always kind of been kind of against the idea because you could get that everywhere else. So. Again, in the spirit of what, how are we going to come to market different? Mm -hmm. what, what do we do? And so I think where we've kind of landed is the idea that we're not just going to review it. We're going to talk through it because a lot of these movies you're either never going to see mm -hmm. or you've never heard of them right. or you don't have the time to invest in it. Right. Cause right. For some people, watching a movie is a time investment. I have to sit down get ready, you know, do the whole thing. You're telling me? I make movies <laughs> and my best friends on the planet, their first question is, how long is it? I'm like, are you kidding? I would spend three years working on this movie. You can't spend 90 yeah, minutes watching yeah, yeah. a thing? Like, I've known you my entire life. Like, are you kidding? But that is a, that is a thing still, you know So I mean? if you're traveling and I can talk you through a movie and kind of, you know, this way you get it, without having to sit down and watch it. You can come and go as you please. I don't know. That was the idea. I don't know how well that's landing. We get good feedback, so right. I I'm, I'm guess it's going well. But, uh, yeah, still, we're about, you'll be episode 35. So we're about 35 episodes in, and uh, I feel like we're still, we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this, that's the fact that you keep doing it, and you're not trying to perfect it before you've done it is so important, just for anything in life, where you're like, what do you want to do with your life? Well, I want to do this, it's my dream to do this, but I gotta make sure, you know, I got this thing done first, and I got my, my, my I got enough credit, and I got blah, 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 blah. It's like, go do it tomorrow. Yeah. Like, one of the most important things I ever heard was from Joseph Reitman, and uh, he goes by Joe Ugly on, um, on Instagram, he's uh, if you've seen the Jay and Silent Bob movies, he's the assistant director in uh, in those films okay. and uh, in the Blunt Man and Chronic movies they make. <laughs> and and I, I well, during the pandemic, I took a acting class with him over Zoom, and uh, and it was cool because he offered it to me just because we were following that same like Kevin Smith circles and whatnot. But I've always seen him around and whatnot. And he said on the acting class, he was like, just do two things a day that are towards the goal that you want to achieve. Just two a day. You could do 10 if you want, but it, don't just Minimum do one. Two. 
Minimum is two. Got it. And you will see how much progress you make just because you force yourself to do two. Because if you think about it, you'll be like, ah, eh, there's some days where I just did none. Right. Or I just maybe did half, you know, but it's like if you force yourself to do two a day, then you will, um, you know, you will find yourself achieving your goals. A thing that really has worked for me recently is Sav Rogers, my director on Chasing Chasing Amy, um, does these accountability buddy meetings with me, like on Tuesdays okay. and Wednesdays. Okay. And it's, I like, it has become the most That's fantastic. That's like the most corporate level thing. Like. But, <laughs> it probably, but like, luckily, it's it's such a best friend thing because we have time, like, we, we spend like, we do like a check-in. It's like a two-minute check-in. Then it's like a four-minute catch-up about my life and four-minute, uh, or, you know, or we catch up for two minutes and then it's four minutes of, of my list of what I want to, I want to accomplish. Just that here's the eight, 10 things I need to do in the next two hours. And same thing with his list. And then we go, okay, and break. I'll see you in two hours. And we meet in two hours and it goes, how many things did you get done in your list? And you can't like lie about it. So like your friends are checking in to make sure that even in just a two hour, three hour span that you have done the stuff that's on your list. And it's on you whether you do it or not. Right. The problem is I have ADD and I have like six <laughs> projects I juggle. So like everybody's like, we need this graphic now. We need this uh -huh. post now. We need uh -huh. this. But like his rule is like, you got to turn your notifications off. And sometimes I forget to do that. Uh, and and these, these calls will come in. They're, emer they're all emergencies and fires, of course. Um, <laughs> but like I find myself so productive based off that and then it'll be like a Tuesday, Wednesday thing and we just do that and then we meet back up and we go, how many things do you accomplish? Send me your list. You know, it's also send me the list right. and then I'll send you my list and then, okay, now send me your accomplished list and send me mine. Let's go through each other's list and okay, cool, I got this done, I got that. I couldn't get this done yet but I'm gonna make sure in the next hour or so I get that done and blah, 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 blah. And like, it, and then it just gives me time to be able to like have an excuse to catch up with my friend. That's cool. And, and we do that every week. Yeah. And 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 that is like, he is definitely though one of the most like corporately responsible agenda checklist to doist. He he tells me about like forty seven new apps I've never heard of. You know, like I got on I I like from our chasing chasing Amy Slack channel where there's like you know, 14 different channels of the PR and reviews and social media and festivals and like uh, news updates or whatever. Like I got Sean on that for Cannibal Comedian yeah. and we have like a bunch of tears now. Yeah. And it, it makes it easier so that like when we text each other, we can text each other as friends and bullshit. And right. then like we keep working this separate thing yeah. and try and set those hours. Cause That's like, good. again, when you have so many projects and all that stuff, it's like, you know, it can get a little wild with like boundaries and, 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 and like setting like time to shut down at the end of the night and like call it a day. So do two things a day, just go do it, right? At that, least, yeah. Okay, so that begs for me the question, how does Ryan get into being a movie producer? Like how, how did this whole thing start for you? Have we introed yet? Was that our whole intro? Uh, sure. Theme song. <laughs> and then do that. Yeah, do the bam. Get get into it. Mm, 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 mm. What's up, everybody? Ready PG with Mutant City Horror. With me tonight is Mr. Ryan James, movie producer, director, writer, actor, doer of all things. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. Welcome to my blockbuster my mockbuster this has been will. a long time coming we first met at the what was the film festival raymond uh 
when wow. we, when you guys first not memorable. Well, here's first the thing: one. we've been following you for so long, and we've I've seen... been the restraining order didn't work. <laughs> the Monterey, uh, not Monterey, uh, Marina del Rey, Marina del Rey, del Rey Film you. Festival. Yes, thank you. It was the first time we got to meet Sean in person. First time we saw Cannibal Comedian. And the first time we got to meet you. And I was running around by the concession stand, and you guys asked me for an interview. And you're like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Uh, five minutes, four minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe. maybe it was definitely we'll like a, because like you've seen me now in multiple <laughs> premieres, so you know how I work. Like, I'm not just there with a film that I produce. I am full-on event manager because... We don't have a PR team and a behind the scenes team and a, but luckily we did have like some behind the scenes, but like it's got, I gotta be able to, I gotta be able to have some sort of filter through it, but it was like, make sure that everybody hits the red carpet, make sure everybody gets their photos, say hi to literally a hundred people that showed up, like right. make sure everybody feels like they're getting their time and whatnot. And like, you know, and it was funny cause, uh, Jakey airplane's probably the only person that tied me down for maybe four. 30 seconds nice. to film a video nice. and uh, and I was happy I did and I, I feel bad because every event I've seen you at we're like we gotta do the thing and I then know. you know that I'm just scrambling and running around and not like not like it's like chaos but like I know that there's never enough time within to wrangle this and we gotta do the shirt drop and we gotta get these photos and we gotta make sure the things are show on time <laughs> blah, blah, blah. and I'm posting on social media it's like you know it's, it's madness I uh, think there was a point at Marina Del Rey where I turned to Raymond and I was like I don't think this guy. <laughs> I was like, I just met him. How do you not like me already? But I, but it, but I, I at least I know. I said every time I saw you, I was like, or afterward, I said, I'm sorry we didn't do it. That is I true. did. I did yes. listen to the podcast, and I was like, I because of course I need to check. Obviously, all the the media stuff's gonna be on my filter. Where I'm like, okay, how is everybody represented in uh -huh, this thing? Uh -huh. So I got to check in on that. And then I was like, oh, it would have been cool because you shouted me out on that, which yeah. was cool. You're like, he's really busy guy. Uh, I don't think he likes us. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's a nice way of being yeah. like, man, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, what is it? Uh, but every time I was like, we still need to do it. I know we needed to do it. And then like I told you, you guys are probably. It was just two other podcasts earlier today. It was just a podcast day. And like also just I've run myself into the ground just like where I'm just like not sleeping and stuff. So I'm just like, okay, like I kept telling you, I was like, I want to do it. It's, if I do it, I'm not balanced in boundaries. <laughs> like I'm really bad at it. It's my only two goals and I fail every time. But like I, I did say we need to do it. And so you guys are here. Well, we hung out when we saw Cosmic Jetties a couple months ago, right? Right. And we sat down and we're like, okay, non-work event. Let's figure this out. We're going to be coming to Days of the Dead or some festival. We're like, we're going to be there. Right. I like, remember We're going to be there and we're going to have a booth. And I was like, great. We'll sit down at the table, have the interview the whole night. I think it was Days of the Dead for LA. For sure. Oh, totally. It was. And then that I was like, you weren't barely at the booth. I was barely at the booth. Yeah. Like, yeah, so and I've like, watched like all your. I watched the Miss Sadistic one and David Vega. I watched the uh, oh, okay. the uh, uh, haunted. I, I don't want to mess it the up. House of Haunted Pancakes. The ha ha International House of Pancakes. Haunted House of Pancakes. Yes. Uh, so I was like, which shout out those guys and Aaron Prager and Nathan and and that though that whole that whole group is is awesome and a lot of fun. I'm really excited for the for that project, and uh, and support the Indiegogo if it's still going. It's still open. Sweet. Still open. 
And uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, no, that was one where I was just like, I knew, I was like, this is gonna be easy. I'm gonna be at the thing. We're gonna sign stuff. Sean got me to sign stuff and I was signing for, I maybe signed six posters before I got pulled away to one like- One of those was mine. Figure, oh, nice. Yeah. Then I you got a one, rare one. I bought one and Sean was like, I was like, uh, he was right there and he's like, yeah, let me sign it for you. And I was like, great. And then he got Miss Sadistic and David and then- yeah. Uh, he was just like pulling out. He was like, oh, this guy was like a cameraman on like one day. He's like, have him sign. I was like, fuck it. Sure. The more the merrier, man. I, so I, I, Kevin, get framed and go it was probably wall. Kevin Lee uh, who just shot a movie with Aaron and Miss Sadistic, by the way. And uh, what was it? I, uh, my Cannibal Comedian poster, I just, I literally like put up the second you guys walked in. I was like, oh, there's humans coming over. And so I like, I put the thing up. But on that, Kevin, I had him sign it. He was like, what do you want me to do? I was a grip for one day. And I go, then you write one day grip. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, grip. And I was like, one day grip. And he goes, one day grip. And I was like, yeah, totally. You yeah, know? I like him. We met, we met him at the bar. He, he was cool. Yeah. I like him. Uh, you asked me a question. Uh, was which was, uh, how did it all start? Right. Is that a thing? Yeah. So Ryan, like I mentioned, movie producer. Um, so, Oh, Oh, by the way, in your, in your shout out, I do want to say it was so funny that you, I, I, I've laughed at it multiple times, but it's a, he's a producer, actor, editor, I think a director, which is so funny. Cause I was like, that's how I pitched myself, probably. Because I've, I've directed a ton. It's just been so long since I've actually sat down and got to direct my own thing. But like, it is funny because I was like, that's me. Like, that's what I would say is I'm like, oh, producer, actor, editor, writer, mm, kind of a director. <laughs> like, I mean, you're directing lots of stuff. I mean, case in point with the with the film festivals, making sure everyone's in their place, you're saying hi to everybody. So you're kind of directing in that sense. But totally. I did mean it in the traditional way in that I think I meant it more of like, I don't know you to have directed anything in the short mm -hmm. time that we've known each other. It's all just been the producing and the acting. Sure. So. But you did, uh, you at least got to see Shooting Clerks, the Kevin Smith biopic. He was so good, man. Thank you. Yeah. And that one, I was the second unit director, so I directed all of the U.S. unit. Because it was like a U.S., U.K. Right. co-production. Right. So I got the lucky job of like, do you want to direct all of the like Clerks cameos and all the U.S. scenes and stuff like that? So like I worked in tandem with Chris Downey and we got to like tag team that. And then when we got to be together and shoot stuff in the US, uh, we got to like kind of co-direct stuff, which was really dope. Okay, I have a question for you about shooting clerks. Sure. I don't know if you can answer it because it, it, uh, it's related to a cameo. I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, I was there for, yeah. So Lloyd Kaufman's in your film. Yes. Okay. I, I've revealed that by the way. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, right after we shot with Lloyd. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So for those who don't know, if you listen to this podcast and you don't know who Lloyd Kaufman is, shame on yourself. But Lloyd Kaufman is the creator of Troma. And there's a rumor that if you invite Lloyd Kaufman to be in your movie, he will do it. <laughs> and he will fly himself out and wow. be in your movie. Okay. So I'm curious, does that hold weight? Does that true was that your experience um yes and no uh it's a little i can't speak for all movies uh i you know and i i can't speak for everybody's experience but at least with ours we had a very um very specific instance where kevin smith grew up in new jersey watching movies like the toxic avenger at rst video that are about you know, the first New Jersey superhero. 
uh, that was made by a filmmaker who was making movies for like pennies and lint. Right. And so like that, that was important because Kevin grew up, you know, looking at this director, Lloyd Kaufman, and then Lloyd eventually looked at Kevin Smith like, I love Kevin Smith's stuff. And I think he was even at like a Yoga Hosers premiere, like hosted. A, if you look up on YouTube, like okay. there's videos of of Lloyd like uh, doing like hosting a red carpet uh, showing of Yoga Hosers. And um, so with that one, we had met. I know that like Chris Downey was a big trauma fan, and uh, so he we we met Lloyd Kaufman at WonderCon before I even like moved out here. We were doing a showing some early release clips of. Uh, shooting clerks and some behind the scenes stuff and Lloyd was there with a booth and we got to meet Lloyd and you know he knows about Kevin so he was super excited about the project and I think it was just like yeah congrats like I love Kevin give him my love and blah 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 and then you know um, I think after that I started to watch more and that's when I finally watched like the Toxic Avengers movies and stuff like that and um, and and I think at that time we were getting ready to go to New York because I just did Jay and Silent Bob reboot and on that set I had worked with uh, Jake Richardson while we were at WonderCon and so he knew Nick Fellinger and the two of those guys are the Kush boys uh, and they, they buy weed off of Jay and Silent Bob in those <laughs> movies and so uh, we got to meet them and you know got to meet people who we d didn't have access to while doing the the other stuff and so uh, at that time I needed to go up to New York to shoot that and so we were like well Lloyd's in New York why don't we hit up Lloyd and see if he wants to do a cameo Yeah. and of course he was like Yes, yes, yes. Let's try and make it happen. But the weekend you're coming is the same weekend of Troma Dance Film Festival, mm. you know, which they've been they've been doing. I don't know how many years, but it's like you know, it's like 40 years uh, that they've been doing Troma Dance. And so it was a tough weekend to do it. So like there were, I went out to Troma Dance and I scouted the location, trying to figure out where in this whole building that like I can shoot a cameo with, like to pull Lloyd in to do a cameo. Like right. how do I fake it? Because there's so much like master trickery because we shot in so many different states and so many different countries that like we were able to pull off. Like the parties, I think we mentioned at the premiere, the party scene, the big party scene is like seven right. different cities and two different continents. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. So like, and that's the scene that Lloyd's in. Yeah. And so we were trying to shoot with him then and it was trauma dance was crazy. And then his, his mom's health wasn't great. Oh. And so he was like, I got to go to the hospital. And we were just like, we were like, it's not going to happen or whatever. But it was, it was kind of like an option of like, listen, if we can shift the budget around a little bit to extend the trip a day, then I can reach out to Lloyd. And Lloyd was like, if you can push it a day, I'll invite you to my house in Manhattan. And you could come here and shoot the cameo at my house. Oh, shit. So I went by myself with the camera crew, or sorry, the camera equipment, got on the subway, went all the way across from Brooklyn to Manhattan, and right there welcomed me in, you know, with the big, he's got this big, like, Toxic Avenger, like, you know, like, uh, a stone statue that okay. comes out of his, like, the, the top of his, uh, like, his, uh, you know, his place in Manhattan, and you just walk in, and it's just, it's it's he just has such a gorgeous place brought us into the kitchen because the scene was going to take place in the kitchen had like trauma you know interns and his assistants <laughs> play pledges and he was like you know he dressed up wore a bow tie right, you know right. i love a good bow tie yeah, yeah. uh he brought down the toxic avenger mask wore the mask yeah. in the scene got a mop <laughs> i bought a mop for the scene like a five dollar mop and did the whole scene and then he has this big reveal in it that's so great and uh and then he signed the mop uh, which is somewhere, 
Uh, it's somewhere here. And um, uh, it, it, so, it, you know, it's, uh, so I have it signed, uh, you know, to, to Rock and Roll Ryan, you know, to, uh, awesome. to Toxie Loves. Kevin Smith and Shooting Clerks and <laughs> and uh, and did the did an interview with him that was great and had just a wonderful day. But he's the type of dude and like like Pat Kaufman, who's the New York you know film commissioner, uh, is his wife. She was doing script supervisor stuff, you know. And it's just like like that that like they were so awesome. It was such a dream come true type situation. But like that, he is that guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay. Um, and I can't speak for like every filmmaker's experience. Right. As I look at a copy of the Barn Part Two, where he's like the mayor of, <laughs> of the of the of the town in there. And Justin told me a great story about working with him on the barn. But like you know, he is that guy who just loves film and he loves creating and he's a showman. He's a true showman and he has that in his blood and uh, and he's great and I'm super excited for the new Toxic Avenger movie. I, and what's cool is is with having Lloyd in the film, he was he was great enough to be like, yeah, you can use the Toxic Avenger for the scenes with Kevin, um, you know, to where he's watching the Toxic Avenger on TV. Yeah. And so you get that full circle moment where he meets Lloyd. And then he was also like in the film school scene, uh, we had a poster of like, I don't know, it was probably like Empire Strikes Back that was covered up a little bit and it got replaced with like a Lon Chaney poster, I believe. And then they, that got that got replaced in post with the Class of Newcomb High ah. poster. So there's a lot of trauma nods and yeah, shooting clerks yeah. that uh, were a lot of fun. But nice. uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot I haven't seen. Um, but I, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't even say the first Toxic Avenger would even be my favorite out of those because I, I really do like the sec like the second the, the t second and third one. I like how they like kind of shot those back to back, yeah. and two's two's a lot of fun. Four is just wild. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it was cool. Cool. So back to the original question: How did you get started to be where you're at now? Um. Well, I always, uh, I, I, I kind of trace it back to uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. It's like, my, it's literally right over there. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, there's something about the acting of like the over-the-top hero and the over-the-top villain that I always really loved. Like I just loved Star Trek growing up and I loved like Jim Carrey movies. And, uh, you know, so I, I, my, my parents had like a camcorder, like a nice, like Sony camcorder. And since I was like five years old, I was picking up the camcorder and shooting like movies with like, nice. act, you know, like action figures and army men and all that stuff. And, um, and then I want to say it was like, I started shooting skit shows, like comedy skit shows that were kind of like jackass and trigger happy TV with my friends okay. in elementary school when I was like 10 and then by the time I got to, I started shooting fake movie trailers for horror parodies for like, you know, uh, like Sunday the 15th and A Nightmare <laughs> on My Street and you know, like I, I probably made like, you know, 30 different uh, horror parody movies that all kind of revolved in the same universe as well uh, with similar characters jumping in and out. It was, you know, it was, it was a little like, you know, homemade cinematic universe I had that was a lot of fun with my friends. And, uh, and then after we made the trailer for the movie, we watched it, and that same night, I was like, all right, well, let's make it. Let's make that movie right now. And uh, stayed up all night and, sh and made that movie. And uh, it was like a 22-minute short film. Okay. And um, 
that was before I knew that Saturday the 14th was like an actual movie from, <laughs> from, from the 80s. And, uh, well, you're you're lucky you went with Sunday the 15th. Cause... Well, I went with all of them. There was a Thursday the 12th. There was a, a Saturday the 14th, a Sunday the 15th. There's multiple sequels. They all they all they all crisscross in applesauce. And uh, so I made those with my my family members and my you know, kids in the neighborhood, my best friends. And with those, I would I would write, direct, act, edit, and I didn't realize, and I never took a credit for it, but produced. And um, and then after I made those. Uh, I knew that I wanted to go to uh, a TV production kind of high school, focused high school. I went to Countryside High School in Clearwater, Florida. I actually shadowed my high school, which is something you usually do for like college and whatnot. And uh, so I actually like as like a super middle school nerd went to like the high school and like sat in on the uh, TV production class to see how they did it and whatnot. It was like award-winning, like TV, like they were very well known for it. That's cool. And um, shout out uh, Carl Zimmerman, my uh, my my TV production teacher. Uh, <laughs> I actually just connected with him for the Tampa nice. show, so he's coming nice. out to see Cannibal Comedian on my That's birthday, awesome. which is cool. And uh, and there's like really cool full circle moments where like you bring people back that like you know were the ones who kind of ushered you in and sure. gave you a platform and equipment to do all this stuff, and it's great when everybody can kind of come see that come to fruition. And um, I went to that high school and, you know, I took all the TV production classes. We had block scheduling. So it was like, it was like you, you if you don't, if you're not familiar with that, it's like you have four classes instead of a full thing. And they're right. like an hour and a half instead of like 50 minutes. Yeah. And then the second half of the semester, you take four new classes. So I would take TV one and then the second half of the year, TV two. And then the next year was TV three and then TV four. And then by the time they got to like six and seven and eight, they let me take two back to back. So I would have my block two and block three were both TV. So I had three hours of TV and film nice. every day. Nice. I got to make movies for three hours Hell a day yeah. in school. <laughs> and the best part was that every year in January, they took the students who wanted to go out to a field trip for a week to the Sundance Film Festival. Get out of here. That's so awesome. you got to skip school for a week. And just go watch movies. Go to Sundance and watch movies. Yeah. And after the first year where they have like chaperones, they're just like, just don't die. Like, don't <laughs> die on the mountains. So the second year I went in, in 2006, I, uh, I, I got to meet Kevin Smith because uh, Malcolm Ingram had a film there called Small Town Gay Bar. Kevin Smith was an executive producer. I found out about that. I didn't have a ticket. So I went to go wait line. I was like, I'm showing up three hours early. I'm going to wait in snow and get a wait list ticket. I was wait list ticket number one. Nice. And uh, yeah, I got to... Uh, you know, Kevin Smith was there. He's just so approachable, dude. And, you know, we got to shoot the shit with him and take photos. And he was such a cool, like, meet your heroes type dude that afterward I was like, I've, I'd seen Dogma and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and Mall Rats, but, like, I went to the Blockbuster in town and I, w I spent, like, $100 of my food money nice. for the week to, like, buy every single overpriced DVD collection of <laughs> Kevin Smith's that was at that blockbuster sure. and just studied those commentary tracks and the behind the scenes documentaries of which the snowball effect, the making of clerks, which if you just type making clerks into YouTube, it's just on there as making of clerks, um, is, is one of the big inspirations and big things that we followed as a template for shooting clerks. And so, uh, and, and now making like Kevin Smith related documentaries and docudramas and stuff <laughs> like that is such a crazy full circle moment right, right, right. and a dream come true. Um, but like, 
you know, that, that was it. And, and, you know, I, I took all those classes. They were, by the end of it, they were like creating TV production classes for me. Like it only went up to eight and they made nine and 10 just so that I could take it because they ran out of classes. <laughs> and my teacher at the time was running for the House of Representatives. So he was literally like phoning it in. Like he was like on the phone with like Congress or whatever, you know, <laughs> in the back office. And I was there like teaching the classes to TV one and two. So, like, I was able to run those, but I was also doing segments and making my own shorts and web series, and then and then and then would have one class where I kind of like helped everybody with editing stuff right, and blah right, blah blah. Right, Pretty right. much, it's all the stuff I'm doing today. Nice. Um, and then after that, I really wanted to get into like proper film school, and uh, and I I got into FSU, but I didn't get into their film school yet. And it, you know, it's it's so competitive; they only take like five students a year. Oh shit! And at UCF Film, where they you know those those filmmakers they made the Blair Witch Project had gone. Oh, okay. I was like, I, I they take at least twenty five. So I was like, I'm gonna try and get into that. I'm gonna jump into the cinema studies track so I can be on the same studies programs that like the the production program uh, utilizes. You have to take to graduate. And then I'll try and try and try and get in. And on my like second and a half try, I got in uh, to UCF Film School. And it was so, it's so crazy. I literally have, if you look like over in that corner is my like production oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, diploma. It's kind right. of tucked away. Yeah, it tucked away. <laughs> well, it's kind of tucked away. It was above the office. <laughs> but below that is a framed letter. I and see it. They don't yep. even they don't even do letters anymore. It's always like the it's always like email. Email. But that is a, a letter that I you know I used to go to the go to the uh, mailbox every day yeah. and uh, and it just it dreaded of whether I was going to get it or not or find out or not and uh, and it was you know personalized and all that stuff and I you know finally got there opened it up and it was my very first denial letter nice <laughs> and I, I it was it was one moment where I was just like I don't think I don't know if I'm good enough for this somebody's <sighs> literally so telling me man. try again next year yeah you know and I wanted to do this my whole life you know, and this is a school that I'm like chancing on, that I moved to the city to go to this film school, and you know, I I, I so bad wanted to wanted that, and uh, and it crushed me. I was like, I'm just gonna go full sale university, <laughs> you know, pay. It's like you know, it's like 80, 90 grand at the time for their yeah. trade school for like 18 months. Okay, and you know, so I was like, I was like, sell out, go do that or whatever. Uh, you know, it came full circle because on my second attempt to get in, I had done a video. It was a like kind of a parody of me going into a full sale interview because I, I lived at a I lived at a, uh, uh, a, a like off campus housing that was the only one that had transportation to both UCF and full sale. So I lived okay. with full sale students. Got it. So I kind of knew what like the the stereotype of like a full sale student is like suit, you know, the super artsy, like I always have the, they have like the yellow lanyards that they're, you know, have, everybody's got a beard, you know, and I was like, all these things that became like the stereotypes or whatever were like the requirements. So it was like, you know, the joke is I come in and I'm like, you know, they're like, do you have the necessary $400,000 for one semester at full sale? And I'm like, it's full sale, by the way, F-O-O-L-S-A-L-E. And I was like, oh, I brought $800,000 for both semesters. And they're like, ah, how fun, you know, they're like, impressive, seeing how the number one skill we look for at full sale is money, you know, and, and it's just, it's stuff that I knew that UCF would find really funny. Okay. That they, you know, because I, I, I did the, you know, I was taking classes, I was doing essays, I was yeah. sending in scripts, you know, like the, you have to build a portfolio to get in. I was, I would imagine. I My would, high school portfolio was not good. You know, like, it, like as much as I was doing stuff and it was fun comedy shorts and stuff, 
you know, kind of your pretentious artsy fartsy film school is not gonna want to see your skits and stuff. Yeah, I get that. So, dude, there there are seminars and workshops on how to get into full, uh, how to get into film school at the film school. Like, this is how you try to get in. Do your best. Like, it's that difficult. Like, you're, you're training all year to try and be selected, and. Uh, I made that video, and to be honest, it's probably the video that helped, but I got put on the alternate list. So I was like, okay, I'm on the alternate list. That's at least, you know, like... Something. Like, yeah. And, but I didn't know, you know, but I knew that somebody, they'd already selected everybody for that year. Mm. Someone has to drop out mm -hmm. for me to get in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I did a podcast back in the day that, I kid you not, I met a, a, a Florida filmmaker... Uh, who uh, did a movie called New Low, and it was at Sundance, and he he, he grew up in my same town, and um, and and he couldn't get into UCF either, so he just said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go make this movie." Got into Sundance, played Florida Film Festival, and we connected. And I was like, "Let's do a podcast about just who cares? You, you didn't get into film school, you're gonna do it anyway." Right. And that same night that I did that podcast, I got acceptance letter that I got an off the alternate list. Nice. Fast forward to, you know, me uh, gra graduating, doing my exit interview with the dean. I was telling him, you know, I was an alternate list kid and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, you know, oh, the full sale interview. They're like, I remember that. Like, I, <laughs> we were thinking about how we could use that to market our school. And I'm like, I'm not going to war for you guys. Like, that was just an inside joke, tongue in cheek. Like, you know, no disrespect type of thing. Like, let's all laugh together. And, uh, and he was like, well, you must have been high up on that. Uh, you must have been had a high number on that list to get in. And I was like, so, hey, what? And they were like, oh, yeah, we rank everybody on that list of 50. So there's, there's, they take 25, and then they have an alternate list of 50 names that all 25 have to say no, and then a new 25 have to say no for, like, number 50 to get in. Oh, shit. So they were like, you must have been number one or two on that list to get in. Damn. And I was just like, you're telling me? Like, I'm already graduating, and you're stressing me out. Like, <laughs> that's too much pressure to put on somebody, you know? <laughs> And of course, I'm sure it's very different in the schools. They like, change. They even change names and stuff like that too. So I'm, I'm sure it's still probably very. It's different now. But I very much was a, was adamant about, you know, like I wanted my diploma and my my 35 millimeter grad cap and my denial letter. It's just like this is to disprove that right. immediately. That is that. Right. So even like when we're submitting for film festivals and stuff like that, and you find out, you know. There's a tier list and a rating list and a this, and you got to know that person, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, there's probably outlying factors of why you don't get into this fest or that fest. But, like, we've literally had days where it's like, oh, we didn't get out of the festival, and it cost us much money, and we really wanted to try, but it's not good enough for this fest ever. And then it's like, oh, same day. You just got into another fest that you really want to get into. And it's right. just like, oh, you know, the universe kind of has that balance sometimes. Yeah. So... But yeah, uh, UCF Film was amazing. Can't say enough good things about that school. Met a lot of my best friends there. Uh, literally, my editor Dan Ballister on my last two features, uh, you know, met met there. And they have such a cool like directing track. If you want to direct or produce or shoot or you know even just act in your own stuff, write whatever. It's like you know the, it, you had great mentorship programs. And the whole time, it's just like you could bang out as much production as you want or do nice. an independent study where like it's just your project and you have like a mentor relationship with a, a, a you know like a professor like 
Jesse Wolf, who uh, I believe still teaches at SCAD Film School right now, was very much like my mentor. And funny enough, like the very first class I took with him, he was like, uh, he said some funny things about Kevin Smith that I'll never forget. <laughs> and I, I, I'm always like, okay, well, it's funny that I work with Kevin Smith or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I want him to be able to see those movies and be like, see how full circle, you know, that yeah, yeah, those yeah. things are. And uh, so it's just like, it's, it's, it's so cool that uh, they have those, once you like grind it out, but you can't let anything get in your way and you get as much as you get out of it. You know, just like doing a podcast or just like making a film or whatever, it's like, you get what you put in. Right. If you grind it out every single day and you're pulling all-nighters and you're working in your PJs and you're, you know, like you're, you're, you're grinding it out, people see that and then they go like, you know, it, it does translate at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. There's different versions of different movies I've worked on that weren't that fleshed out or the stuff that you got to see, you know, that weren't anything near of what you got to see. But like there's that, that idea of like if you go through and you find the right people, if you don't know how to do it but you find somebody new knows how to do it and you polish it out and you work out the kinks and you, you know, you, you fine tune this and you sync that up and you blah, blah, blah. All those little things might seem nitpicky but somebody's going to note it. If you noticed it, Times that by a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> How many other people are going to notice that? If they care about the work, they're going to notice those things. Yeah. And I kid you not, like I have moments where like I'll do a screening and somebody after will just be like, hey, do you know what I really love? That little transition you did where the, the cactus slides in this way yep. or whatever. And it's like one of those like, you know, 11th hour decisions that you make that someone had to come up to you after and say, I want to say one thing. I like that transition you did. <laughs> and it's just like, those hours you put in, they, they, they matter and they lead to that. And so, yeah. yeah, after that, I mean, it was straight from there that I was doing film festivals. And luckily, a lot of the film festival relationships I've had now, you know, I'm able to come back as alumni. It's so important even just to make short films and to get in on a short film. You're alumni for life. And they want their alumni to come back. Yeah. And like, so that's the thing is if you want to get into films, film, or, you know, film festivals, it could take a long time doing a feature, you know, like several years and then submit in and you don't get in or whatever. But like, it, there is a little bit of a leg up to where if you played there with a short film that maybe only took you like, you know, a couple months to make or something like that, that they're more inclined to be like, we want to promote filmmakers who came up through the ranks with us. And it's all about who you know type of deal. So it's like, you know, that that does help. They try to, like, not have a bias and whatnot. But, like, when you do very much know, you know, somebody, it, it, it does help to do that. I mean, shooting clerks, like, we're going back to the Orlando Film Festival. I've had seven projects show at the Orlando Film Festival. Damn. You know, and that was from, like, four years of going there every year and banging that festival out every year. And by the time they knew when I was there with a short that I'd worked with on a Kevin Smith biopic, they were like, you got to bring it to us first. That site That's unseen, cool. they, they were like, we want to we wanna premiere this. We, nobody's ever seen it before. We wanna, and we only had an assembly cut at the time. Mm. So the fact that we're going now for like kind of a homecoming thing where we're going to show the final cut during the theatrical tour, um, October 28th. Uh, in Orlando, um, you know that that's something that's so special. But also, it's great to have those relationships with programmers because you know they they very much want to see you succeed. They right. want to see you come back, right. and, and and that that festival meant something to you. You know, well, everybody benefits, right? I mean, they they get more attendees. They, they, their their name is out there more. You get more recognition. It just benefits everybody, right? So yeah, why not? And, and the fact that it's like, you know, we're showing Shooting Clerks and Cannibal Comedian almost in a double feature That's presentation cool, on the, the prime night, Saturday night. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I, I can't wait to go check out other films and meet other filmmakers and network. And like, 
you know, it's it's great when I can go there as a filmmaker and as a as a film lover, yeah. and 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 just see other people's stuff and invite them to ours and you know just you create that network and then down the road you know you you followed that person on Instagram and they you know they got a project in line and they've seen you do your stuff and you know down the road it's like they, that that stuff that magic happens and yeah. when you're there and you put in the effort people notice that I mean like I I don't think it's a secret to be like the fact that Cannibal Comedian showed at the same you know festival that the like uh, Haunted House of Pancakes filmmakers were at where they could see Aaron do his thing and then you know in Cannibal Comedian and then he's there as himself and he has that presence that makes you go like I wasn't thinking about that person until I was at the right place at the right time and I very much believe in that and you know so it, it is it's about network it's about you know connections it's about you know, coming back and, and, and taking care of the people who took care of you. I mean, shout out Days of the Dead. George and Audrey there are fantastic. They've brought us so far to Indianapolis where we won Best Feature, to Los Angeles, to Houston. And, you know, we'll keep taking movies to them because it's like at the end of the day, you know, that they're, they're family. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, and you've seen that. I mean, you were there, you yeah. know, just to be able to experience that. So, so yeah, I mean that's a long roundabout way of, of explaining how I you know got my <laughs> got my start and, and and then I you know moved out to Los Angeles, but I really wanted to focus on acting at that point. So you're from Florida, Sean's from Florida. Did you guys know each other before? We did not. Okay, so how do you guys end up hooking up? So I move out here and I'm I'm producing Shooting Clerks and we're just starting to do uh, that final the final leg of shooting. Uh, or what we thought was the final leg till till we got Dave Klein after oh, four yeah. years. I mean, you got to see Dave at the uh, at the at the screening. Dave Klein, who shot Clerks, right. who's shooting like Mandalorian and Boba yeah. Fett. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. the dude's been yeah. busy for four years. Yeah. I've been dying to get this dude in the I movie. I tried to get in there and get a picture with him before we left, but he was just everybody was you know around him, and I was like, I don't want to bother. Yeah, him. yeah, that's a rare. That's a rare. That's a that's. A I Lugia. know that's that's the whole thing. I was like, when I'm, I'm going to see Ryan eventually. I'll get a picture with him later. It's fine. But for him, I was like, I don't know when's the next time I'm going to meet this guy. Yeah. No, I, honestly, I didn't even know if he was going to be able to come out because the dude's, you know, schedule so bonkers. But anyway, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, it, that we, we were, you know, shooting stuff in, in 2019 with the people that we worked with on Jane Silent Bob Reboot. It's just you think you're done and then people find out about the project who are involved with Kevin Smith and the VSQ stuff late and then they go, well, I want to be a part of the party. Like, I don't want to be left out of this movie so people for the rest of the life can ask me why I wasn't right. in this movie. Yeah, right. And those people you've looked up to in a certain way or you're friends with, and you're like, all right, you know, we're still doing the sound mix or color tweak. We could squeeze you in here somewhere. Sure. You know, and uh, so that that's that's how, uh, you know, I was I was doing that around uh, 2019. And then, you know, going into 2020, it was like, I'm telling you, like, 2020, new year, new me, 2020 vision. You know, like, 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 I can't wait. This is my year. Everybody was like that. But I, they kind of, I'm not gonna lie, like, in hindsight's 2020, uh, I think <laughs> I it very much there. was, you know, in a way, my year where it was so acting and producing focused. And that's why I'm so acting, producing focused now. Cause at that time, I was just banging out like three months straight of just submitting for acting roles. And at the time, too, we had like, Producers rep, sales rep with hands on the movie that were kind of like, you know, we'll take it from here kind of thing. Mm. So it was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to go do my acting thing because that's why I moved out here. So I was, you know, uh, ironically, the same month that I submitted for Cannibal Comedian for the Bruce role, I had also uh, found 
and I just remember this today because I was doing the other podcast, but like the Mutilator 2 posting on Actors Access. And that role of Zine was the top role that I was like, my dream, that, that's the number one role out of like these 20 roles or whatever. I would love to play that role. And so that was a big month because, you know, they, I found out about that and I connected with the, the filmmakers from Mutilator 2. It still took me about two years of campaigning to get on to Mutilator 2. But, um, you know, with that, that month... What do you I, mean by that? What, what do you mean by campaigning to get on it? Uh, so, when you don't have a name that people know about... Sure. Um, I have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, but when you're, when you're trying to... to um, when you're trying to be seen... Because everybody wants a name for their project. You know what I mean? Um, and you don't have... You don't have one or you don't have an agent or manager, publicist or whatever. You're not out there where people are like, we got to work with this guy. We got to get this guy. Yeah. Um, there's an element of like, you have to convince somebody that you're the person, you know, and it's not just about the audition process, but it's also like, you you know, it's, it's just about, you know, just like you campaign to get me on this podcast. Gotcha. You, you met with me yep. countless times. We're like, hey, we're going to schedule the thing, blah, blah, blah. Can we do it here? And that was me. Like, I emailed the director. I emailed the producer. was like, I'd love a chance to audition for this. You know? And, and the problem was they just posted the casting call, and then the pandemic happened. Ugh. Like, just when we, and I'll, I'll say the Cannibal Comedian story as well, but, like, when we started shooting that, and, they, like, weeks after that, pandemic happened, you know? So it's like, and that stuff happens. Like, all the, all the roles I booked after that, Every single one shut down. None of those projects have ever come back or recovered. Damn. You know, so like that, that's, that's just the, the nature of it. And, you know, so for like Mutilator 2, for instance, um, you know, I was every six months. I mean, I was emailing Buddy Cooper, the director, and, uh, you know, uh, in the producing team. And, and, you know, I knew Damien Maffei, our very first conversation we ever had. You know, before we started producing together, who, of course, is from Strangers Pray at Night, Haunt, Wrong Turn. He's going to be in Mutilator 2 as well. Nice. Like, uh, th that dude is, you know, cast. He was like, they've circled me for that movie. And I'm like, you've seen the script? Like, you know what this movie is? <laughs> like, like I'm dying to get on that. Like, uh, you know, the guy that just talking to for the first time, it's impossible to be like, could you be on that? You know, but then we make a couple movies together, and he's he's gonna be working on the movie. And I'm like, could you do that? And he's like, dude, I can't even get like the like the pie in the sky people that I love to call in favors for. They aren't taking my suggestion for the favors. So he's like, you're on your own, bud. Sorry. And I'm just like, I, but at the same time, I was like, all right, because I didn't, you know, it's not just I, I want to get in based off of like who who you know. Sure. You know, it's also based off of that effort you put in, or if you're the right person for the role. And to be honest, like that's it the, makes it feel better too. For sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I earned this as opposed to, like, it was just given to me. Dude, I just talked with Sean today, and he was like, my neighbor uh, either posted something or said something great, said he loved the trailer for Cannibal Comedian. He's got a great look. Would love to put him in something. And I was just like, you know, and I was like, did your neighbor rate on IMDb 10 star? You know, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it was like, it, it, Take it, a note, we got to rate some stuff when we get yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> 10 stars, Cannibal Comedians, Shooty Clerks, uh, Chase Chase Amy, every movie. Uh, but like that, that's the, that, you know, that's that, that aspect of, you know, you got to, you know, meet with people. And, 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 and two, like, you know, even just like, like shout out the, the mean one, you know, the mean one just yeah. came out. And David Howard Thornton worked on that. And it's like, I didn't work on that movie, but like, I want my friends to succeed and I want them to do well. And I just started sharing their stuff because I love their marketing. 
Like they have like a amazing PR company on that's cutting their trailers and putting together their social media and stuff. And like being a guy who like worked in, you know, between the time that I went to film school, I was working in theatrical exhibition for 10 years and, and studio marketing. So I was like the guy for the studios sure. in in Florida and doing all the press screenings and the you know the, the marketing and the street teaming for big films and you know at that time you know I, I learned a lot about marketing and I've taken it now into all the stuff you see the promo ads and the social media and the yep. trailers and all this stuff yep. that's all stuff I learned through nice. through that job and you know I was like I just love their stuff and I promote it and, I, and and David's a friend and so I was like. And then they were just like, do you want to come to the world premiere? And I was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I haven't slept in the two days, but like, and I'm literally coming from the Wrong Reasons premiere. Uh, shout out Wrong Reasons, uh, Josh <laughs> Roush. Um, but like, uh, you know, like that's, that's what that is, where it's just like, hell yeah, I'd love to come out. And just support, like, I've got nothing to do with this movie, yeah. but like, I want my friends to succeed. There's no reason why people shouldn't be supporting other people's stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's, it, it's just as simple as sharing someone's thing or watching someone's movie or just saying, I've seen. You know what, you know what studio marketing taught me? And you'll see, you'll, you'll notice this anytime I post, is uh, I'll post, you know, uh, you know like uh, there's films that'll come out that I'll check out that I go like, they don't have a marketing push. They don't have this and that. The least I can do is do a post about it. Even just saying I'm seeing the movie. Right. And so I would do all these social media campaigns for these big studio movies, but my whole entire job is to market the movie. I'm not a reviewer. I'm not a critic. I'm not going to tell you what I personally think about the movie, whether I liked it or not. That's not my job. My job is to market that movie and make that movie succeed. Right. So, like, you know, people always comment, would you recommend it? What do you think? Give us your rating. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's not my job. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. And there is, there's a job sure. for that for reviewers and critics and stuff to go in there and deep dive and blah, blah. But, like, people do remember when you say nice stuff. Right. Like, like Damien Leone told me this at Days of the Dead. He's like, I, list, I, I watch, like, every review ever for, for my movies and stuff. And, like, especially for, like, did you just say a bad thing? Uh, like, you know, like, like, like All Hallows Eve, especially, like we had met, uh, Kevin Lee who worked on, uh, Cannibal Comedian brought a friend who, who did a review back in the day of All Hallows Eve and put it up on YouTube and, and Damien sent him a signed Blu-ray. Oh shit. That he just like, he watched it and he saw it and, you know, probably had like, you know, 10 views or whatever, but like he watched that and like people do watch that stuff. And like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I really just don't have the time to do it. If someone sends me something, I'll look at it. But like, you know, and it's, you know, it's good to watch that stuff, but like you can't look at everything. You can't take, you have to look at it from a, you know, a, like scientific lens of like, it's going to only help you make you better or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I'm like, I, I, I would imagine myself being the same way. Like if I were ever put something out like that, even with the podcast, right? It's small audience, family kind of base. Like we're growing, but every review that comes in, I'm like, let me read it. How many stars? You know? So, sure. I mean, uh, there's a fun little bit, a little tidbit that also taught me the lesson, which is Jay Booten, who plays Dave Klein in Shooting Clerks, used to be like a Kevin Smith fan who watched Chris Downey and Brett Murray's Kevin Smith biopic shorts. You know, which are very like very like you know garage band type like made like on a shoestring budget sure. you know and with friends and it's not like a big lavish production it's not as big as shooting clerks that's for sure and it's just like you know those movies aren't like the the greatest thing known to man they're made by fans who love the stuff and want to tell a story and yeah. tell stories people haven't heard of 
And Jay, he told this story at the New York Q&A back in the day, but it was like, he was that dude who commented like, this is a piece of shit. You guys should never be allowed to make movies or whatever. Yeah. And then he saw the auditions for, you know, for the Dave Klein role and was like, realized it was those filmmakers. And he was like, oh my God, like, did I just shoot myself in the foot? Like, I, I'm dying to play this role, but those are the filmmakers that I shit talked on yep. YouTube comment yep. section yep. or whatever. Yep. And it's just like, it's that it's those things where you don't know what that ripple effect does. And obviously we're coming from like polar opposites because you will do reviews and I don't do reviews. I'm just there to like push the movie and market the movie and stuff yeah. like that. But like, you know, and I'm not saying I and I I I I love watching like especially movies that like you know, like I'll go see big movies or indie movies or whatever and I immediately my whole drive home is I want to go listen to you know, uh, you know, the, like this, this reviewer, that reviewer, John Campia, or you know, it's like, you know, uh, Grace Randolph. It's like I just, I love the way they talk about movies, whether they're harsh on it or not or whatever. It's like I want to know what other people are saying because I want to know what what they did and how it translates. So you can see, you can put it's, you know, point A to point B. What did they do here, and what could they have done better, and what did work about it? Yeah. So that's my favorite thing is about you know like looking at it from that strategic lens you know like filmmakers they get you know what's called an assembly cut of their movie together it's the roughest toughest sandpaper cut of the movie no audio no, like sometimes no audio and scenes no music no color correction big long gaps in the lines and stuff like that like it's just to get a feel for the film and stuff like that some filmmakers look at it and go i'm ruined this is a, <laughs> this is the worst thing i could have ever done to myself i'm a failure Okay. You know, and, and especially like, you know, Kevin Smith felt that when he first had his like first cut of Clerks, you sure. know, show. And that's in, in shooting Clerks, you get to see that moment where right. he's just like, what have I done with yeah. my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is a true thing. And I've seen filmmakers I've worked with that have been like, just they don't know what to do with that at that point. If they just wasted, you know, 100 grand of their money or whatever. <sighs> but I go in with the, the, the idea of there's only room for potential especially with test screenings and studio screenings and people come out and they give you your feedback, you circle everything that worked. I write down every quote that got a laugh. Somebody said, ha ha, like that's so funny. Guy said, that's so funny. The studio looks at that. Hmm. They look at the demographic, they look at the age of who comes in, they read the comments, then afterward, you know, they, I get the press comments and I get the audience reactions. Hey, what did you think about it? Okay, male, 45, you know, yeah. uh, or uh, female, 36, you know, it's like, it's, that's what they're looking at because they want to know, you know, trial and error. So when I look at a, a, a film that I, even I watch, it's, you just got to sit there and you got to circle all the good stuff, especially as a producer, as an editor, as a director, whatever it is. When you're going in to make a movie, you know, some of the best parts of Cannibal Comedian or Shooting Clerks or whatever, those are based off of like, oh, those five things really worked, but there's not a lot of it. Let's go add that stuff and do, you know, pickups or reshoots or whatever it is and double down on that joke, you know. And I, I also learned that from, uh, you know, Rob Liefeld when I connected with him around the Deadpool 2 time. I was doing marketing for that film and he was telling me like, you know, before the movie even came out where he's like, you know, the, the Deadpool 1 came out, tested like super high through the roof, whatever. Deadpool 2 came out, tested like 91% or whatever. They circled all the stuff that worked with that and then they went and they ordered a whole like new week of reshoots or whatever so like you'll see the scene where they're in the cab with like domino and cable and and and, and deadpool and they're all shooting the shit and stuff like that studio mandated like like 
this the banter between these three characters worked. Let's get a new scene where they have to go from here to here, right. and they're going to shoot the shit and blah blah blah. And they yeah. they pulled that and they put that in the trailer. Yeah. They retested the movie. The movie shot up to like 96 percent. Yeah. You know, so it's already an A, but they they still were like all these things work, but there's not enough of it. We could still like let's give people yeah. what they want. Yeah. And you see that when like people make a movie, they throw it out there and it's the final cut. And then you go like, okay, what worked? Okay, let's do a sequel now. Let's give people more of what they want. But sometimes you have the, you know, the process of show it early, get those test screening audiences. And, and I do it now on a very intimate level. So you guys are like in my little mockbuster here, but this is also where I do <laughs> my, like my, little, like my private screenings of my film. Sure. And it's a 120 yeah. inch uh, you know, projector awesome. uh, home theater that like I'll sit my closest friends down who have nothing to do with my movies and go watch this. And Kevin Smith does the same thing. Just brings friends over and like watch on watch a movie on his laptop and stuff at his house. And it's just like, so you're like, what did you think? What was your favorite part? Who was your favorite character? What moment works? What moment didn't? Anything confusing? Why was it confusing? And like during, you know, like I let my friends talk during the movie and ask questions during the movie. I write all of that stuff down and I give the feedback to the directors. Like this person said this and they said this quote and blah, 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 blah. And I'm doing my own little personal test screening because I can't rent out a theater and, sure. and, and pay for every seat in there and pay for free popcorn and drinks <laughs> so that they can all sit down and then after I can send a neatly put screening report off to the studio. Right. I have to do that on what my level is and with the people that I trust. And guess what? The people I bring out and when they watch the thing, they could say something that's completely wrong. They're like, I didn't know what that was. What is that object they're holding? Is it this? I'm like, no, it's this. Right. Why did you think it was that? Well, maybe if you showed me this or show me that or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the thing. They're not wrong. It doesn't matter whether I agree with them or disagree with them. They are right because that's their opinion. Right. That's they're the my ones watching it, taking it in. Right. Yeah. So it is now my job to bring that to the producing team and say, does it matter? Is this something you can live with or live without? Because they didn't understand. I'm gonna show it to one more person. They brought up the same thing. That's two out of two. That's the right. 200% agreement that the thing that we did didn't work or needs to be finessed or whatever. Right. And then I would do the tweak and I'd send it off to them. Sometimes they go, yep, I get it now. And I go, cool. Even before the movies come out, I found a problem. I circled the problem. We problem solved it. And then we got it now to work and translate. And now the movie's better as a result of yeah. it. Yeah. And that's all stuff that's pulled from this thing or that test screening or this movie or blah, blah, blah. And that's all stuff that rounds you out you know so that doesn't answer what campaigning is but uh <laughs> but that that idea of campaigning it does it it really doesn't hurt to you know connect with people to just let people know you like their stuff yeah you know and to promote people's stuff i think that's kind of the turn that this show is making in that originally you know we started and it was just i think it started off as a review mm. show like mm. our first season was on YouTube, and I think that that's what we were doing. And then we took a break and came back, and we're like, it's too much work on the on the video side. Let's just do audio. And then um, now that we're thirty five episodes in, we went from doing just kind of a review to then doing full walkthroughs of movies, almost mm. like a mystery science theater three thousand type, right. you know? Because we'll we'll kind of talk through the movie for you, let you know what's going on. Sure. But then we'll also like. At our, you know, we'll talk our shit about it. Totally. But now I find myself in the universe of, you know, aligning myself with so many indie horror films that I'm meeting through Instagram or other means. Right. Where I'm promoting their shit. And here we are talking to producers, directors, actors, kind of fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's now it's just becoming more of a promotional platform 
for indie horror. Right. And it's less about us reviewing these things and more about shedding a spotlight on the things that are awesome. We don't have those teams to be able to do that. You know what I mean? And that's the thing, dude. That, like, had, like, that's how Leone and I ended up linking up is because I saw Terrifier when nobody was promoting it. You know what I mean? Right. And it was just like, the, the, you know, the, there wasn't a real big marketing push. And yeah, I went on Netflix and it blew up. But like, back in the day, like, nobody, like, you were Deep Cuts horror fan. Like, all that Art the Clown was, was there used to be the 10 scariest things you'll ever see or whatever. And it's the cover of All Hallows' Eve. Yeah. And it's and it, it just like, why people don't like clowns. And it's like, that's the photo they yeah, used. But yeah, nobody yeah. was really talking about that. There, there was a movie or anthology series out right, there. Right. And so like, that's the thing is like, you know, Leone's a Kevin Smith fan and I was working on a Kevin Smith thing. And it's like, so it's, and, and really like you, you connect with filmmakers by just being that marketing push and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like, you know, next thing you know, it's like we're on the set of Terrifier 2 together. And it's right. just like, like that, that at the end of the day means, means more than just doing a review. Because there's like big review channels out there that you sure. can watch to get a real review. But it's like, I do think that they're, like, I, I didn't know as much about Shady Grove or some about uh, Attack of the Killer Donuts, which I actually saw at the, I think it was the Tampa Bay Underground Film Festival back nice. in the day. Nice. You know, so it was cool to meet those yeah. filmmakers and be like, I've seen your movie yeah. at a film festival, <laughs> you know, and 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 to to learn that stuff, you know, and uh, or to hear stories about my own cast members on, on your show, you right. know, it's just like, oh, this is cool. I didn't know that, you know, like right. I'll literally like between the, the two seconds I have to breathe of like <laughs> going straight from the edit to like, you know, brush my teeth and go to bed is like, I was, I remember listening to a couple of those podcasts where right. I was just like, like, oh, I do need to listen to this thing. And, and I got so much insight on that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That, it's just as cool for us too. I mean, because um, we met Sean through Chris and Toxic Doom because mm -hmm. we met Toxic Doom early in the year and then he tagged me on something for Cannibal Comedian and I started talking with him about it and then he was like, oh, I know the director, Sean, he, you know, here, here's his Instagram, whatever. And then Sean and I start talking and then we have him on an interview yeah. and then we're meeting him at the film. Like he invited us out to the sure. film festival and I was like, Oh my God, like he's invited, like this is going to be fucking awesome until we go. And then we meet you. We meet Miss Sadistic and you know, everybody now that we're getting more and more involved with. And it's just, I don't know. It's just this awesome, like we get to come out and the stuff that we promote and we like, and then we get to hang out with the people that are actually making the stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a whole nother level. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. And and at the end of the day, like, we're only doing it because we're fans and we want to enjoy it. Right. Not to, like, kind of leverage ourselves in any kind of way. So, right. Yeah, it's, 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 it's good. You, and you do get, like, a slice of people's life, too, through social media as well. And I feel like that's part of the campaigning where, like, you might not see someone for two years, but following them on social media, you get to know people really well and connect really well and support people's things. And, uh, and it was funny because, like, with Mutilator 2... You know, I connected with Ann Hale, who's probably the biggest Scream fan I know on the planet. <laughs> and uh, but, but she's producer on the film. And we just got we connected for about two years. And I didn't really know. I was just like always checking in and, and asking like when the audition process was going to happen. And I didn't really know that my social media presence was also like my two year audition for the movie, because like 
my presence that I had of my Ryan James online persona and stuff and my love for the horror genre and filmmaking and whatnot, like that's very much zine. You know, so when it came time and they were finally gearing up to make the movie, almost two years to the date when I saw the thing and after every six months emailing and checking and whatnot, that it was like, you know, I found, you know, it was like, oh, the time is now. Like, get ready, get your stuff ready, get your, yeah. get your new reel, get your new resume, all that stuff. So yeah. I still applied, like, through all the process of, like, submitting through the casting and all that, just like everybody else, because it went up. Like, Joe Blow, like, found the found the backstage posting, did the post of the roles, like, to be like, here's leaks on the mutilator, too, what it's going to be about. And so I was like, crap, the competition is, like, out there. Like, it's not just going to be about, like, you know, I, that I thought that it was, like, a best-kept secret or whatever. Right. And, you know, and I submitted, and the next morning I got the offer. And it, they were like, we have you in mind for two characters. So I was like, okay, rolling those dice. Like, Great. I feel like we can get in there. And the next day I had it, and it was the Zine character. Yeah. And, you know, Zine very much has that, you know, love for filmmaking and horror and just like and 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 you know talks like I do and is is a his the second you meet him he has a four page monologue so like nice. that if that tells you anything it's just like nice. you know like that that's that's very much me I'm a big monologuer I haven't really given a, a lot of cutting points Couldn't here tell. Um, <laughs> you know but uh yeah no that's 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 that part and you know down the road you know I sat I sat down with Ann and I was just like, so what was it? Was it the was it the comedy reel or was it the uh, drama reel or was it the uh, documentary I sent you from? Uh, there's a movie called Movie Hoarders, which if you haven't noticed, um, but uh, uh, it, it, that very much my my collection's very uh, on blast in that documentary, uh, which was fun. It was a fun fun bit we got to do is a lot of silly jokes in there. But I sent that as well, where I was like, I feel like there's some zine essence, like me hamming it up. Doing the doing the me as a collector and as a horror lover, uh, I feel like there's something in the character there as well. I sent all that. I said, which one was it? Out of all that, she's like, it's you. Like the character is like built for you. Yeah. Like you know, like that's we knew you were the guy that nobody else was going to be able to to and, do this and thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in some of the promo shots that I've seen, uh, Zine is wearing a bow tie, right? Zine is wearing a bow tie. That's what I thought. <laughs> is that all you're gonna speculate? Uh, that's all I can recall. But I mean, yeah, it, 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 I, you know, it makes sense because you you have a love for bow ties. I do have a love for bow ties. Uh, you'll be the second person I've revealed this to as I did the Mutilator podcast earlier, and it just popped up in my head. But that is the bow tie. That's bow tie guys. Bow tie from Terrifier Two. Oh, so Muto Zine's, Zine's bow tie in, in is the same bow tie in both movies. Which uh, makes me want to put it behind glass and not wear it as much as I do. But uh, the, so you still have it? Oh, I I, I wear it uh, the, every time you see me in a red bow tie. That's 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 the, like literally. I got to go back through all my pictures now and the, like, find the ones. The one I just threw up of the, the the from the mean one premiere is I'm wearing the zine and bow tie. So mutilator two, terrified two bow tie. It's that bow tie. Nice. Yeah. So that that uh that. I, I, which is funny because I'm like, are they the same character? And I was like, no, no way Zine would ever be <laughs> dancing it up in a nightclub like that. Uh, but I do think they're probably brothers. Uh, but uh, yeah, and there is an Art the Clown connection. If you've seen the trailer, you can already peek it in Mutilator 2. Uh, there's a little Art the Clown. I'll have to go back and watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Screen Rant went and picked it up and did a whole article on it. And they were like, I think it's because Ryan James is in both of these movies. And I was like, you're really deep cut. Like, I was even like, Art the Clown is here? Like, you know, like, I had no idea. Um, but yeah, no, there's uh, there's 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 some f funny connections between the two movies if you, if you, nice. if you look deep enough. Yeah. 
Um, All right. So you got um, Shooting Clerks, uh, Chasing Chasing Amy. You've got Mutilator 2. You've got uh, Cannibal Comedian. And I guess we should clarify, because Shooting Clerks is the biopic, uh, the Kevin Smith biopic about, you know, it's very much a docudrama comedy um, where the real actors are playing. I like that. Yeah, they're, they're playing, the, they're, they're, the actors are playing the real life people. The real life people are, act, are acting as new characters to help tell yep. the story. Yep. Um, you know, and that's very much, you know, Kevin going through and going to film school, meeting his friends, which is great that my friends from film school got to work on the movie, be in the movie. It's a full circle, you know, life imitating art type situation. And then, you know, makes clerks and then, you know, shops it off to Sundance. Crazy classic. And, and Chasing Chasing Amy is the Sav Rogers documentary that, you know, goes and looks at the cultural impact of Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy, as well as its, you know, impact on the LGBTQ community of being a 90s rom-com at that time when, like, gay and lesbian movies weren't prevalent, mm-hmm. as well as its, you know, uh, like, impact on Sav Rogers as a, as a life-saving, lifeboat-type movie. And so, uh, and that's the documentary, and that one, you know, we just opened Tribeca with, and we're going to be at the BFI London Film Festival in a couple nice. weeks. And th- those two are just, like, pie-in-the-sky locations to, you know, bucket list film festivals to have a have a film playing at. So they're very similar, and there's similar people working on both. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, those are the two, and those are two who are touring at the same awesome. time. What, what else am I missing? Uh, Cannibal Comedian, Area 5150. Yep. Um, Stoked for that one. Dark Circles, which is coming out soon. That's a psychological thriller, which has some of the Mutilator 2 people in it. Uh, Damien Maffei is in it. Uh, Terry Kaiser's in it. Uh, and then also uh, Felissa Rose, Kate Kiddo, and then Hannah Fearman uh, is her directorial, feature directorial debut. And, um, you know, so that we got to, we were working on that while we were making Mutilator 2. It was literally like going from one movie and then going into our hotel room and, you know, getting the Indiegogo <laughs> together for that. And so uh, that's that's the next one that's coming out. That's, you know, very trippy fever dream psychological horror movie that we're really excited for. It's something I've never seen out okay. there. So that nice. that's another one to get excited nice. for, for sure. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And then I guess Sean and I had connected right at the same time as Mutilator 2 because uh, I went into Cannibal Comedian as an actor. And uh, luckily the guy who was going to play Bruce didn't show up. And they had to, they were running behind and they had to cut a scene that I was going to be in. So they gave me the Bruce role. So I got nice. to play the stand-up comic. And then, you know, at the, even on the set, you know, Sean and I were connecting over the fact that both him and I had worked with Bill Mosley him on uh, Big Top Evil, me yep. on The Art of Villainy, uh, which is a, a supernatural detective thriller I did at UCF Film School. And so like that was cool. And oddly enough, we both met Bill at Spooky Empire, where we're now taking Cannibal Comedian back to, which right, is a right, crazy full right. circle thing. And then, um, and then at, after that point, during the, uh, you know, during the um, pandemic, I had seen some of the early marketing materials for the movie, and it was very much a different type of like full-on horror movie mm. and not a lot of comedy. And I, as a marketing guy, you know, I kind of like reached out to and met with Sean. It was just like, I was there. That's not the movie you shot. Got you know, it. I was like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what that, I mean, I'm just seeing a straight up horror movie about cannibals and kidnapping, but like, you have a great stand-up comedy movie in there right. somewhere. And, and that's how we ended up connecting in more of a producerial sense and a marketing sense. And the very first thing I did on the movie was help design the poster. Uh, nice. and, and so like that, 
that was kind of like, you know, just did a really quick, really bad Photoshop mock-up of what I thought it was. And, uh, you know, we, 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 so we got together on that. And we thought the movie was going to be like ready to go. Like Sean, after Big Top Evil took so long to get out, he was like hot to trot to get the movie out. And like, you know, like six months was ready to go. Like he had a trailer out like, you know, in like just a couple months after he shot the movie. Same thing with Area 5150. And it was like, we, then we finally like looked at the edit and where it was at and we were just kind of like, I feel like we, you got something here, but it doesn't, it's not, it isn't fully fleshed out. It, right. it feels like it's, it's missing like a third act climax. You set up all these things, but they didn't really pay off. Yeah. So, uh, and all that stuff we'll probably throw on like the Blu-ray or whatever, alternate ending or whatever. But we went in and we, Sean and I together collaborated and put together like 25 minutes of new stuff in the movie yeah. and really fleshed out. I mean, you know, like you've seen the movie, I'm not going to spoil the movie, but like, you know, just like th that entire kind of third act together is all stuff that we wanted to stick the landing on, on stuff that Sean had already rooted into the film, into the DNA of the movie, you know. And it's, it's building up to this big confrontation, and there was never really a confrontation to be had. The movie right. kind of just snatched the, snatched the characters away from each other and, and didn't give you that satisfaction of that thing. And we kind of do a little bit of that, even with our new ending, where we want to set up more of like a, a sequel type situation yep. and build a bigger universe and stuff. Yep. But like, you know, we wanted to give some, we wanted to give people what the movie was saying it was going to give. We right. didn't want false advertising type right. situation. Right. 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 So now when you see it, it's a little bit more of a, a mix between the comedy yeah. and the horror type stuff. And that's what it is. I mean, it's a yeah. stand up. The movie's called Cannibal Comedian. I was just <laughs> seeing Cannibal Cannibal. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I but, yeah. It's amazing what a second. You know, a second set or a fresh pair of eyes yep. will do for a project. Yep. We interviewed um, we interviewed an, an editor. It's kind of our first interviewee mm -hmm. um, in the early part of the podcast. And he was telling us about how um, the movie Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just kind of sat for a while because it wasn't, it wasn't formed to be what it is. Right. Until a second editor came in and was like, Right. I think it was during COVID too. He was like, yep. um, can I take a crack at this yep. and maybe kind of reformat it? And yep. then you get what you what we have now. And it's like, dude, all it took was a second pair of eyes to be like, maybe if you just kind of move this around. And yep. There you go. And that's very much how Sean and I have worked together was like, we just bounce. We, 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 we have this creative tennis match, we always say, which is like, he'll, you know, uh, one of us will like pitch an idea and then, and then we'll bounce it back and forth. Well, oh, what, what, what about this? Have you thought about this? Oh, I did think about that in a previous script. I always wanted to do this. Oh, yeah, well, if we do that, we tie it in with this. Oh, right. yeah, and then we can do this thing. And that's how right. all of those ideas for all yeah. of those movies came yeah. together. And Area 5150 was the same way of, like, let's look at what you want to do and let's feasibly see how we can accomplish that. And there's just a great collaboration process there. And everybody who's on the team is so gung-ho with those characters because they're always so, like, kooky and fun yeah, and, and unique. And so... You know, we were able to we were able to do that, and that was that was great. But I mean, that all started from like a, you know just that fresh pair of eyes. You can't be too afraid to show the stuff you're working on. You know, like that's how my editor Dan Ballister and I first met. Was I was doing a, a film, uh, I don't want to say horror comedy. It's definitely very comedy called Draculades, which is about what if Dracula got AIDS. <laughs> And 
I've still never like publicly released it, but everybody says like, you need to put Dracula there, you need to put Dracula there. But when I first did it, I was, you know, he was, we were in the edit bay in our first year of directing and he was just like, what are you working on there? And I was like, um, I don't really show my stuff to anybody. I'm very, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of an auteur, but uh, that's me. So you're going to need to back the fuck up in your PJs. Yeah, you know? that's and, very, uh, that, there is that stereotype. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. like, but there, you know, after three weeks of, of sitting there, you know, eating pizza in your PJs in the edit bay all night, you know, I, you work on a sequence that takes you so long and you don't have a set, same pair of eyes. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very much a Libra. So I'm just like, is it this edit or this edit work better? This, I like these two things. I don't know which one. And I was like, hey, man, do you want to you see this cool thing I did, you know, here? Do you want to check it out? And then after that, you know, realized that we had a very similar sense of humor. And he gave me great notes. And nice. you know, we've been working on movies ever since. And what's amazing, too, is as an editor, and he's worked, you know, for 10 years as a corporate editor. So he's very much done, like, commercials and trade shows and all that stuff. But he's made movies with me. And, and the fact that we're able to finally get features together is the dude will always take my notes. And sometimes it'll, it'll kick me back and it'll be like, you know, I've tried 10 different ways to make the thing that you want to make happen work. Yeah. And I, it's, I've already tried. And I, you know, I'll do, well, can you just try this one? I'm sorry. I know you're going to hate me, but like just this one, maybe if we cut this thing to here and then we went back here and then blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I, I will try. But uh, trust me when I say I've mined everything for what it's worth. And I said, if you could please, Bobby, just please just try the thing for me. And then the next day he'll come back and he'll be like, so I tried the thing, and I think I actually found something that works with that. And I actually nice. do like it better. Nice. And that has happened 95% of the time. And, like, that's why I love that working relationship is, you know, he's not bringing an ego into it. He's not saying that it can't be done. He's tried to give you the thing that you want. Sure. But it's just even that one little step further of, like, if you've got an idea, he'll still try it. You know, it, it, to make sure that every single thing's been mine. And sometimes we have to give up on the idea. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not going to work. But a lot of times we've had moments where later we look at the cut and we go, imagine how that, if that didn't come out at the 11th hour, you know? Right. But yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, because I can sit here and talk to you forever, and I don't want to do that because I know you've got a ton of shit on your plate. I want to ask one kind of final question. You mentioned a little bit ago about how, you know, you, sit around, you and Sean sit around and you guys give each other ideas and notes. And, oh, like six, this? What and I'm talking that? like six hours. <laughs> like I would get like yelled at from like girlfriends at the time. We were like, you and Sean just sit around just bullshitting for six hours. I was like, we're not bullshitting. This is a creative think tank. <laughs> All right. And we do call it like the, the brainchild or the think tank sometimes where I'm like me and, you know, Mark Cerulli and, and Sean will get together and we just get in this thing where we're just living in the character's <laughs> head. It's so great. But yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, growing up, that's kind of always been the, you know, the, the thing with me and Matt, my co-host or Raymond, my brother, it's always like, we should do this and we should do that. And like, this would be great. And, you know, we, we actually shot, like we have a, uh, all I wanted was a Coke, which is like a four minute short that we shot with my nephews and the neighbor kid. And, uh, you know, just the idea of like doing something right. Kind of coming full circle, uh, as per the conversation. So what, what, what do you recommend or suggest for people who sit around and do those things and have good ideas, but maybe just don't have the outlet or the, um, tools to make it happen? Like, do you recommend they just like, go and like just buy a camera or, or do whatever they can. Like if somebody has a good idea for you, do they bring it to you? Like what is oh, that, boy. that process like? Uh, if I had a nickel for any time I had to tell you, like I don't even want to know the idea. 
Like, I genuinely, like, when people reach out, they're like, I've got a great idea for a horror movie. And I'm like, I can't listen to it. I can't hear it. <laughs> Even my own ideas. In my brain, every night, I'm thinking of movies that I want to write and direct. And I have to say, nope, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to have those fun ideas. <laughs> write it down in the stories folder and put it away for when there's time in your life for that, which will probably be a while, because after I finish with this chunk of producing I'm doing, I really just want to bang out a lot of acting projects. Nice. And then I'll probably maybe want to write and direct something for acting, and then, but I, I feel like I'll probably come back to acting producing for films I really want to act in as a producer. Sure. And so, um, you know, but I genuinely will go like, that you gotta put that away. And luckily, if I ever get into a pitch meeting, you know, or I, 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 I'm, you know, somebody, you know, likes Cannibal Comedian, whatever. And sometimes Sean will pitch an idea and I'll be like, let's save it for Cannibal 2. You know, like, like, it's always that, that let's save it for Cannibal yeah. 2 thing. He'll yeah, hit me yeah. with a new pun and I'll go put it in the Cannibal 2 file, <laughs> you know, or, or unless we can fit it in like an ADR thing, but everything's now Cannibal 2. And, uh, you know, but I'll, I will put it away in a folder because you get in a pitch meeting and somebody might be like, well, I don't like that. You got anything else? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, how much time do you got? You know, I got a million Cannibal 2. Yeah, yeah, Cannibal 2. <laughs> um, but that, uh, I would say, because uh, I, I um, uh, what is it? I, and I can be talked into stuff. That's why I really do shut ideas down and stuff, because I mostly am attracted to people's energy and their, I don't want to be like, woo-woo, like, you know, but I'm like, like their, their excitement and their uh, creativity of like, I got this idea, I want to make this thing happen. Sure. And they even with Sean and I, a lot of times, even for projects, you know, it was like, let's just sit around and shoot the shit. I'm just going to help you make your movie, like give you ideas. And that's for free. You have that. Go to town. Go to town. Make your movie. And then it's a lot of like, but you got to help me, bro. Like, you got to be, you got, I need my producer, you know? <laughs> and I like, I don't know how to do it. Just, I don't know how to do any of that stuff you're talking about, you know? And so I'm always like, all right, let's go make a movie. I guess I'm just so bad at it. Yeah, yeah. You're like, all right. I'll it's so funny because with Thumper's Revenge, I was like, dude, I'm still making your next movie. Like, I, and, and you're, you already want to go make your next movie. And the, that was the idea of like, you want to get in with the feature and stuff, make a short. Get in on the shorts and, and make those relationships with film festivals. Sure. And so he went to do it. He's like, but like, well, what do you think of this script? Or what do you think of this? What do you think about this idea? And what do you think about, you know, can we read this pass here? Can you can you check out the color correction? What do you think about that? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and next thing you know, it's like I, I I'm producing without producing, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. But it, you know, but I'll give him the notes because I, I want him to succeed. And it does take that other pair of eyes and some people that you trust. And it's like it's so much easier for me to look at a film as a friend than to look at it as a producer where it's it's my job. Right. Because it's just like, I do want to help everybody, but I'm just so committed to so many projects at the time right now. And yeah. producing isn't even the thing I want to do full time. It's just the thing I can't stop doing because I love every aspect of filmmaking, you know? I love helping, and as producer, it's like, I'm helping with the edit, I'm helping with the script, I'm right. helping with like the casting, I'm helping with the costumes. Like, I, that's what I did as a kid. You know, and, and when, when we hit 2020 and I told you, like, 2020 is going to be my year. Looking back, it really was very much my year because I said, okay, everything's shut down. No one's making projects. I got to make my own projects if I want to be in stuff and act yeah. and stuff and make movies. Yeah, yeah. So that's how Sean and I connected for Cannibal Comedian and on multiple other projects after that. I made those happen, you know, or Damien came to me and was just like, here's a script I've wanted to make for 10 years, which became Dark Circles. It was like, you're the first guy I'm sending it to. Nice. Help, do you want to help me make this thing? And from the ground up, we did that from script to screen, and I'm so proud of it and stuff. And but like that all came from like 
during 2020, just going back and having nothing, and I went back and I watched all those movies I made when I was 12 years old. I watched every single one. I watched every home movie I made with my family, and I watched every movie I made as a kid. I was so down and depressed, and I was just like, man, there's a fire in that kid's eyes, and I owe him. I owe him that we have to see it through, and I yeah. gotta stick the landing. Yeah. It's kind of like a cannibal comedian thing. It's like, you set me up with this. You, you promised me that we would do this and we would see this through. And you live in LA now, and yeah, you can't do this, or what, pandemic's gonna yeah, stop yeah, you? Like, this is like early <laughs> pandemic. I'm like trying to talk myself into like having a career again. And, and that's what happened. And looking back, all of those projects led me to where I am now. You know, it led me to, you know, like Mutilator 2 and Cannibal Comedian and Shooting Clerk and like all that stuff. It's just like, it, it, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, now we're doing the film festivals, right? And I even tell, you know, uh, friends of mine who I, who I used to work with as a studio marketing and stuff. And I was like, you've always wanted to get into production. You're still doing studio marketing and this and that. You want to get into production? Like, come out, hang out with me. Like, let's go run around, you'll shoot BTS, we'll do promotional stuff, you'll run the merch table, blah, 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 blah. And it's just about getting yourself in the place where that's gonna happen. So say you have no contacts, right? And someone's not gonna text you out of the blue and go, I know you've always wanted this thing, here's this thing. Which does very much happen. Uh, you know, it's just kinda, you just have to surround yourself with people and you have to tell people what, you're do what you wanna do. That's the main goal you need to do is you gotta be vocal about it. Don't keep it to yourself. When I used to work at the movie theater, I just worked as an usher and whatnot. And I had a, I had a, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, my manager, uh, VJ, you see, he, now my life mentor, who put, brought me into a room and he was like, I see something more for you. Like, I see, I don't know, do you want to be a manager? What do you want to do? Like, right. you, you got some sort of fire in you. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, nothing. I'm in college. I'm trying to be in film school. I'm not trying to be no, like, manager or whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, but he saw something in me and that made me think like, well, do I want more? Do I want to make more money? Do I want more responsibility? Do I want healthcare? You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, but like you, you, you have that moment where, you know, there's that or you think that you have in your, in your mind, you're like, I'm going for this and I'm gunning for this job or this promotion or whatever. In my head, I'm acting like I know that. But if I don't tell someone, hey, just want to let you know, I'd really like to go for that job. Or I'd really like, if there's an opportunity here, I'd like to take it. And a lot of film sets I've been hanging out with, you know, or just shooting the shit, helping out with this, or acting a thing, or do a day on this, and then it turns into something that I uh, end up producing with that filmmaker. It's all from, hey man, if you need an extra hand on set, let me know. Yeah, I'd love to see you do your thing. Yeah, you know, and I I don't know what it is that you need. You know, you need coffee, whatever it is, blah blah blah. But it, you just reach out, reach out to filmmakers that you, you go and you go, hey, I really like your stuff. And if there's any help that you need, even if it's just for marketing, promotion, you know, I do a podcast, but I'm not hawking the podcast, you know, it's like, you know, but like if you, if, if there's something I can help support with, you know, feel free to reach out or whatever. And even if they say like, thanks man, blah, 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 because I get those requests all the time. Thanks, appreciate it, love the support, blah, blah, blah. Just do it anyway. Right. Share their stuff, promote yeah. their stuff, get yeah. it out there. And then people go like, damn, they're really, like they really do care and want to support and whatnot. And that's how I've, I've had a lot of great opportunities that way. And it's just because I see people that, you know, I, I, I have the energy and I have the passion and I, I want to put it into their stuff and I have a background in marketing. It's like, let me help you with your thing or whatever. And yeah, so I would say like doing that, helping with that, but also like with film festivals, let's say. So say you don't have a network, right? Uh, go to a film festival. So like when I was in high school, I went to the Sundance Film Festival. I learned how to network when I was in high school at 15. 
I met David Schwimmer the first year I went. He was the nice. first celebrity I talked to. And he hung out at the bar with us for like 30 minutes shooting the shit. And Judah Friedlander was there. Nice. And it was just like, we lit, like that was my first like, whoa, is it that easy? Is it, this, is, it, is, it, is it that easy to do that? And after that, like next thing you know, like I'm in high school getting like invited to like, you know, after parties for films and just like connecting with people on MySpace at the time. Yeah, like, nice. you know, it's just like, <laughs> like it's, you, you just need to learn how to talk to people introduce yeah. yourself and let people know like, I liked your stuff, I, I dug your stuff. But the best thing I ever did was go to film festivals, watch movies, and meet people after. Or go to cocktail parties. Yeah. Or there's a there's a group, I, it's probably- I feel like that was pointed. What? Well, because I, always, I come out to the events and then you're always like, you coming afterwards? And I'm like, no. Oh, <laughs> funny. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't. Uh, but yeah, I definitely had said to you, what, you're not coming out after? Yeah. It's late. Well, you know. yeah, you know, it's 11, 12, and I live an hour and a half away and work at seven. But, you know, I'm with you there in spirit. In spirit, you said yeah, that, yeah, 100%. yeah. Uh, but, like, that is the thing of, like, if you go to uh, industry mixers, if you look up there, I mean, there's, a, there's an app out here. I don't know if you can just get on it. I think it's still referral only, but it's called Hustle Up. Is H U S S L U P, and it's an industry-only social networking uh, platform out here. Right. And they do like you know seasonal industry mixers, you know. And it is a place for you to like promote what you're doing or find jobs or whatever. That's just its own social media thing, and it's very much it's still a lot of like beta testing type stuff or whatever. But like they do holiday parties and they do uh, mixers and they put on events where you go up to people and you go, hey. Here's my name. What are you working on? Yep. What do you do? Yep. Let's how can how can we work? Well, let me connect with you on the app. Blah 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 blah. And you know people like that that I met through there funded help fund Area Fifty One Fifty on Indiegogo. Nice. You know, and it's like you just going out and making the effort to go out is the biggest step. And you don't have to have a camera, and you don't have to have a script, and you don't have to be ready to direct the thing, and you don't have to know somebody who's got this and that and the, all, all that that set up. All you literally have to do is just show up. Just show up. There's so many times where I'm like, do I want to go out tonight? Like, do I want to go out to this thing that like, I don't, all it's going to be is me talking about work stuff, which all, that's all I'm doing all day. But like, there were so many times where like, even just to go out to a bar, I mean, in LA, we're in LA, but like, I went out to a bar and it's like, next thing you know, I'm meeting like my future best friend or I'm meeting a filmmaker I looked up to like my whole life who we took a selfie together. I posted online, I tagged this thing, a person saw the tag and next thing you know, I had an email in my inbox that was like, we'd like to say, set up an interview to help you with distribution. And that was all because it was all based off of, do I want to go out to the bar tonight? Yeah. You know, and it, it, it's just about being in the right place at the right time, meeting people, especially being in an industry town. Everyone you talk to, it's like, you know, next thing you know, I'm at the bar and my buddy's like, yeah, I edited on Inspector Gadget 2, you know, and I'm just like, never thought I'd beat that guy, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's just like, that, that is it. But even in a small town, there's a film festival, right. you know what I mean? I'm about to go to 400 of them. So like, that all started with like Orlando Film Festival was one of the biggest industry networking places for me where they had a cocktail hour every day, happy hour every day, halfway through the day. And then they had an after party like every night. Nice. And I would go there and I would, they'd see your badge. They'd go, what are you working on? How do I see your movie? Let's connect on IG. And then like, you know, next thing you know, years later, I'm at a party that Marcel Walls put on and I'm meeting, you know, a dude who was just like, like talking with him. And I'm just like, where do I know you from? I know you from somewhere. And the names are like really, you know, familiar. And it's just like, uh, I believe his name is Jesse O'Neill. Uh, he, he, he was, it was like, we're, we're, we're like looking through each other's mutual friends and whatnot. We're like, 
Orlando Film Festival. Nice. You know, and it's like like that we're getting ready to go back there now, but it's just like like the fact that we are across country meeting after eight years or whatever it was, yeah. that it's just like that was from me just going out saying, hey, what's your IG? Let's connect or whatever. And we'd been friends on social media ever since or whatever. Nice. And then we run into each other in person. So it's like, even if you don't have that stuff, just go into the film festival, you know, connect with people on social, support their stuff, and you'll see it come from there. But you gotta like, apply yourself, Jesse. Like you gotta, you gotta like, you really have to put in the effort. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's not your own thing, supporting other people's things goes a long way. Yeah. You know? So. Well, I see you doing it. I see Dirty Joe doing it. I see the the fire in people and all that shit's starting to come to fruition. So. Totally. There's definitely uh, knowledge. Dude, like Dirty Joe is like the epitome of apply yourself. Yeah, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, like, it, like him and Jane are like, like they make these story posts with all these awesome like emoji stuff yeah, around. Like yeah. I don't have the bandwidth <laughs> to make that stuff. But the yeah. fact at the end of the day is that like they are like the number one street teamers. You yeah. know what I mean? And we don't 100%. have we don't have that interface of like a whole PR agency to put those things together. And sometimes it just takes one other person to say, it doesn't matter if it's good enough. At the end of the day, again, it doesn't matter that the movie's good or not. Someone slaved over that thing for like two years. Probably put their life savings into it. Right. It doesn't take a lot to look at something and just go, okay, maybe it's not perfect, but these 10 things really worked. Yeah. And to let them know, like, I really like those things. Or to do a post that's just like, here's all the positives, you know? And then, and then at the end of the day, it's like, that's it. And how can I support? Yeah. You know what's giving me a, a different respect for the industry is this podcast. Because we started it on the YouTube channel and it, we would do it on film, kind of like the way we're doing it now. And then we would post it and then we started splicing and stuff. And so I was kind of teaching myself how to edit. And then it made me realize how difficult and daunting that task can be. So then when I see something that somebody put together and I'm like, you know how many fucking transitions and color grading and all kinds of little fucking nooks and crannies went into making that that four second clip? That is amazing. So I have a different respect for the art because I, I, I've experienced how it's made in that sense. Totally. So it just kind of complements what you're saying is that when I see somebody put something out there like... There's one I'm following on Instagram right now called, um, oh shit, Scream. Uh, it's a Scarecrow one. Fuck, I'm gonna, uh, I'm horrible at remembering shit. Uh, Field of Screams. Okay. That's what it's called. It just started their crowdfunding. Like, the, it, it's brand new. But just to see passion behind someone's eyes, excitement. They've already put together a little teaser trailer, an yeah. announcement for their Kickstarter. Totally. Like, dude, that's fucking awesome yep you know that's that that legit that same stuff has happened with me where you know i'll i'll see someone's pitch video or just them them post a thing on on online or whatever that's just how excited they are for a project yeah. and that's that makes me want to back it because it's infectious yeah. you know what i mean i don't know these people but i'm i'm promoting it wherever i can because right. i i think like that's what i'm saying it's we, we, i've progressed to this place where like i'm appreciating seeing all the work that you guys have been putting in on these projects that we've been uh, 
you know, fortunate enough to come and attend and be a part of gives me a different respect for everybody else is doing the same thing. Right. Right. So like, yeah, I want to promote that shit too, because I'm sure it's going to be just as good as the stuff that you guys are putting out. So yeah, let me, let me start putting that stuff in the forefront of of our channel. And again, too, it's like, you can't, you can't, nobody's paying you to work on this stuff every single week. I am losing money on the deal. Right. So that's what I'm saying is like, you're, you're, you're creating your own equity and, you know, it's it's so funny because back in the day when I used to work on podcast stuff, it always starts with a sorry for the delay, sorry for the wait. You know, it's like you don't have to say that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't have to, but I did in this last. One, I know I listened to it. And it's because I feel guilty. Who to who? I don't know. Maybe to myself. Then to, then to go have that conversation in the mirror like <laughs> Charlie and Cannibal Comedian. OK, because like. Honestly, if you just, you know, nobody knows that it took a while. Some people are literally just listening to it, you know, as though it's it's a brand new thing to them or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, I just yeah, want to start off true. by saying I, it's true. I, I suck. Like, there, there, there's a part of me which is like, um, I, I, I fail to remember sometimes that even my closest fans don't listen regularly. So how dare what's you? The, oh, I wasn't talking about him. No, no I was talking to them. <laughs> You close. What's the point of putting all that shit in the in the beginning up front? Nobody's like, thinking about that. Yeah, they're just excited 100%. that they got to listen to. It. They're not like one hundred. He better have a good excuse for the yeah. beginning of this episode. Yeah, because I don't know if I can trust him anymore. I'll get one person, maybe two, who are like, uh, there's there's no episode. Well, that's me on my burner account. You know, I didn't. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that it had to come out here, but it's okay. So maybe it's those to those one or two people. But well, then message them directly. So yeah, it's more so me. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I think you guys are doing great. I mean, Thank it's you. fun, and this has been a, a great, great conversation, and, uh, you know, it's, it's great kind of going down memory lane uh, with you, and uh, you guys have been killing it and, and, and do appreciate the support and everybody who's supported us so far. I mean, it really does mean the world and we do see like everything we can't always like get back to it i mean if you saw yeah. i'd love to show you the unread text messages or uh unread <laughs> dms like the number it's in like the hundreds in my text it's like at least 189 because i looked at a screenshot the other day and i was like i wonder if somebody's gonna make fun of me for that <laughs> but it, it's it's because i leave it unread because i want to remind myself that i do want to get back Go to back. it eventually yeah. but like i mean it's you know, we, we do really appreciate that stuff. And even just sharing the thing, sharing the trailer, just being like, this looks cool. That's it. Like yeah. that enough is just like, okay, it's resonating with someone and we see that stuff. And we share a lot of stuff. You know, if you tag, you know, Ryan James or Cannibal Comedian yeah. or whatever, like we love sharing that stuff. Um, and it does mean the world. And we genuinely, you know, can't, we cannot succeed. It's just impossible if people don't actively support us but like you said nobody realizes that a project could take three years and in that three years cranking out 16 hour days 18 hour days sometimes sometimes no sleep like you think i'm gonna be uh, sleeping (laughs) on uh what are we in tuesday so wednesday thursday before the jamboree yeah Mm, doubt it yeah my flight's out at five (laughs) you know it's like like i probably won't be sleeping that night because i'll be like, okay, for the next month, what am I going to stress that I forgot to do? Right. You know, and so, you know, that stuff takes years and it takes you about 90 minutes to watch and it takes you about five minutes or 10 minutes to write like a really 
you know, scathing thing. Not saying that like, oh, please don't, don't do that. You guys have done it too much. Like uh, we really haven't seen like a lot of that right now. And luckily everybody's like really had a, had great reactions. And I mean, the, the amount of like the awards that we've been able to win for best feature. I, I, I knew it could be possible. I was on the verge of texting Sean and like, can you just give me the list? Cause like I've lost track at this point. Of you know what? what I mean? Of the awards that Cannibal Comedian's been winning. I could give you the list. No problem. <laughs> uh, no, but it, 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 it's, you know, it's, I think it's the three, three, three best features and two best horrors fucking awesome, at, at five festivals. And that's yeah. not even including like the acting credits and whatnot. But yeah. like, and people will ask me, they'll be like, did you know, did you, did you, did you think, it's just crazy. Aaron will call me up. You know, Aaron is just a man. <laughs> that Aaron. is a spot on impression of Aaron. I'm around him a lot. Uh, but uh, you know, and I always make fun of him. He's got the silent thank you. It's the <laughs> thank you. I like it. Yeah, but like that's, he, that's spot on. he doesn't, he doesn't see the stuff that I, you know, and Sean as well saw from day one, where I was like, whatever it is, like his portrayal as as Charlie in Cannibal Comedian, he's got like whatever like Jim Carrey had in the '90s. That that it factor. I was like, he's got it. But he's got that yeah. like Brad Pitt look to him. Yeah. So he's got like the leading man look. And like that Jim Carrey charisma, and he's just a really sweet, talented dude. But like he's got it, and he will sometimes just be like, "Did you, did you, did you know that this is like, yeah, yeah." I mean, I knew Why that it was possible. <laughs> it's very possible to also, you know, sell your movie to a distribution company that's going to put it up on a shelf mm. or do like no promotion and it goes nowhere and then the, the rights expire after five, ten years and then someone else picks a cult releasing company, puts it out, and now everybody's rediscovered it. Just look at The Mutilator. The Mutilator never even had like a DVD release. Right. It, it went straight from like VHS to Blu-ray. Right. And, and it still took like 40 years for that to happen. Yeah. So it's like, and people are now rediscovering it for the first time or talking about it on their podcast for the first time and it's like yeah well that movie didn't get like the shot that it really deserved or whatever it was so limited then it got super edited you know to, it cut down and all the, the best part about what make the mutilator the mutilator is like you know in in the fact that it's like those little small things can come in and derail that right you know or the movie could have been buried but luckily it's like okay let's take it out to festivals and see what the fans think and see what the festivals think and luckily it's been resonating where people do see it's not I, I don't think it's the best movie ever and I don't think it's the best horror movie ever but it's so its own thing and it's so unique that the other movies that maybe do certain things or get the kills right or the cinematography maybe a little bit better or editing sequences how dare you no uh, but uh, but uh, it's it's like that I do think it stands out and it's memorable to the point where you go like that was something fresh that yeah. was something I haven't seen yet so it does make it the best of that selection yeah. where yeah. you know and, and 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 we're going up against movies that like are I'm literally looking at one of them right now where it's like the fact that we would go up against big movies out there of filmmakers that I love and friends that have projects out there that are so great where I'm just like, they're going to sweep the floor with us because they're established and they, right. they have fans and blah, 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 blah. But like, you know, say like a, a new horror sequel coming out may not be as fresh as that brand new thing that's got, you know, Sean's twist to it or, sure. or that flavor, you know, of that, that happy frights, you know, company group, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, I, I, there's a lot of rambling and a lot of ranting. But uh, it, do, it does mean a lot, and I, we wouldn't be having this conversation if what you guys were doing didn't mean something to us, and to be able to give us a platform and me a platform to 
ramble and tell really long stories that uh, people may or may not well, care about. Well, you tell about. them so well, like you don't, it's just, you know, you don't pay attention to the time. So it's all good. I, well, I put my phone over there so I wouldn't look at the time. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, this, this was, this was fun. And uh, um, when, when will this be coming out? Should I do plugs? You know, uh, plug? Yeah. So, okay. So we'll, we'll push out the audio version of this um, on Monday. What's Monday? The ninth. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be after the Jamboree. Yes. So people have not, they won't be able to catch the Joe well, Bob Jamboree. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Let me think. I could probably... The Jamboree's uh, Friday, right? Friday, the yeah. 6th. I could probably push it up before then. Don't kill yourself. That's my job. I will uh, I will do my best to push it out. I just wanted to know what to plug. Yeah, no, I gotcha. Because uh, there's no reason why I can't other than just You actually just time. plugged it. So, you plugged it on your last who one. Who cares? Yeah, you can take a Do nap. Again. Coming out on Monday. Dude, it's coming out on Friday, though. Come on. Plug what? it. Plug the Jamboree. Well, okay. Uh, we have four films coming out on tour. I'm about to do, uh, and I haven't even announced all these yet, but by the by the time you get it out, I will have all these announced. So you're getting some exclusives here. Uh, but uh, four movies going on tour of what I'm calling uh, my October fest of nice. all of my like October it. and a little November, so a little bit of fall. Of uh, four movies, Mutilator Two, gonna be one of the first. Uh, that'll be the world premiere for that. Uh, Cannibal Comedian, of course. Uh, Shooting Clerks and Chasing Chasing Amy. I, kid, I We would be here until uh, the next business day if I told you everywhere that Chasing Chasing Amy is gonna go. <laughs> so I'll tell you the spots where I'm gonna be at. Um, uh, of course, uh, first we are going to be uh, have Mutilator Two and Cannibal Comedian. Uh, we'll be playing at Joe Bob Briggs. Third annual World Drive-In Jamboree. Dude, how awesome is that? Dream come true. Dream come true. Dude, amazing. The fact that, like, the, the, you know, like, this dude's mostly doing cult classics and yeah. whatnot and films that, like, were made before I was even born sure. as, like, their double feature and the fact that we're a part of a, you know, a, it's a, a film festival but also, you know, a double feature that I have two films that are in there. Like, again, like I, I, I shouted out Dan Ballister several times. He's, like, the biggest Joe Bob Briggs fan I know. Like, he cosplayed nice. as, as Joe Bob and, and, and his girlfriend as, as Darcy. And uh, it was it was so cool because he's, like, I'm coming. He's, like, I'm flying out for the day. Nice. Just the day. Like, nice. just to come see both of those movies yeah. play. And I'm just, like, that, like, means the world. It's just someone, again, just telling you that thing, I like that thing, or that's cool, or comment, or share, or whatever. Like, it really does go a long way. But, so, anyway... Uh, Friday, we're doing that. Uh, I head to uh, Buffalo International Film Festival after that on Sunday. We're showing Chasing Chasing Amy awesome. on, on the 8th. Um, and then uh, that following Thursday, uh, which is the 12th, October 12th, Chasing Chasing Amy is the opening night film at Kevin Smith's Smod Castle Film Festival in Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. Is he going to be there? Oh yeah, he's there the whole weekend. Yeah, Fucking he'll idiot. he'll definitely be there uh, for the uh, for that opening night. That's uh, so awesome. We're doing yeah. We'll have a Q and A with Sav and Kevin Smith that night. Next day, Friday the thirteenth, Cannibal Comedian Kevin Smith's Smod Castle. Friday, six thirty p.m. on Friday the thirteenth. Saw that. Having Cannibal Comedian on its first run, getting a Friday the thirteenth screening again. Come on. Amazing. That night. Straight from the q and I am racing to the airport to go to London because the next day on the 14th, Chasing Chasing Amy has its UK premiere at the BFI London Film Festival. I believe it's the 67th annual. 
uh, BFI, which is the British Film Institute, uh, their, their big film festival. It's going to be playing at the Prince Charles there for Chasing Chasing Amy on the 14th. Then we have two screenings on the 15th as well, and that's closing night. And then we're trying to squeeze in, maybe do a little bit of shooting clerk stuff if we can. We're still wrapping, wrapping up the, 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 the okay. talks, but okay. we may, if you're in the UK, if you've got the UK listeners, shooting clerks may be playing that, uh, that, that week uh, for the, the Monday, Tuesday possibly. And then I fly back Wednesday to get to Tampa on Thursday for my birthday, October 19th. Tampa screening at the Tampa Theater. It is a 1,252-seat theater. One of the most gorgeous theaters I've ever been to in my life, in my home city. Cannibal Comedians having its Tampa premiere on my birthday, October 19th. And tickets are free! Saw that. Thanks to Film Tampa Bay, their commission is is sponsoring. First 150 people show up, get free popcorn and drink. And again, you Yo. can comp it out. You know, bring your friends and family. Spread the word. If you know people in Florida, it would mean the world to me to be able to have that opportunity and and return there. Uh, and then about a week later, on the tw- we're still working on some South Florida shooting clerk dates. But on the 27th of October. It'll be playing in in Orlando, Cannibal Comedian at Spooky Empire Horror Film Festival. Nice. Where again, Sean and I met Bill Mosley yep. way back yep. in the day. Yep. Uh, 11 p.m. will be playing in the film festival on that Friday. Next day, it's probably gonna be the craziest 24 hours of my life, and that's not even including the, the London stuff. <laughs> but that I will be screening shooting or uh, uh, Spooky Empire Cannibal Comedian 11 p.m. Uh, and that so this is the first midnight show where nice. you could actually watch Cannibal Comedian at midnight, and then uh, that morning I will be on a flight to Fort Lauderdale to see Chasing Chasing Amy at Outshine Film Festival noon on the twenty eighth in Fort Lauderdale at the Gateway uh, Theater. Go check it out, and then I will be right back from the Q and A on a flight to Orlando same day because. Shooting Clerks will be playing a double feature with Cannibal Comedian at the Orlando Film Festival at the CMX Cobb downtown. Uh, that's going to be 10, October 28th at 6.30. Uh, Shooting Clerks starts 8.30, Cannibal Comedian. Then we play again, Orlando Film Festival, Cannibal Comedian on Halloween. 10.31, we will be playing. And then uh, finally going to wrap it up, uh, at least I think wrap it up in Florida. We'll see. Uh, with uh, Cineworld Film Festival in Sarasota. We just played at the Burns Court Cinema in Sarasota with Cannibal Comedian. We'll be back there for Cineworld Film Festival November 4th and November 11th. Both days are Saturday nights, double features, shooting clerks, and Cannibal Comedian. So I'm going to have all these posted on my social media, at ryanjames.mov on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, Ryan James, and then on Twitter, you can search Ryan James. Uh, and or X and uh, and but I'm also gonna put together like a little tour poster of all the spots I'm gonna be at. So uh, I'm exhausted just hearing all that stuff, man. You gotta live it. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, hey, I kudos to you for knowing all that shit because uh, I'm an actor. I gotta memorize the script, man. <laughs> Wait till you see Zine's monologues and Mueller too. Um, but yeah, no, that I, is is again, it's just a dream come true to have any of those things. Joe Bob, double feature, kicking off the month. We have Cannibal Comedians showing on Friday the 13th and Halloween. That's and we get our midnight screening as well, all in the same month of October, my birthday month. We're screening right. on my birthday, October 19th, in my home city at the biggest theater you could possibly screen at in Tampa. And it's free for anybody who wants to come see it on the mm-hmm. big screen. Like, I couldn't ask for anything better. And it's 
it's been amazing opportunities and we're honored to be able to screen at all these spots and we you know even more so we're, we're booking even more dates on top of it i'm like there's like a five day gap here we could book a couple more days so it's like it's gonna happen like you know and and we want to take it to everybody that's gonna see it and again appreciate the love and support and yeah check it out Thanks, october man. fest thank you very much thank you sir it was a pleasure yes we got to do it again yes yeah maybe when you get back and uh, you're settled and uh yeah and then once the movies come out, we'll, we'll get together and do probably a, uh, maybe more of a spoiler discussion and stuff like that. We can get into the, the deep cuts. That, that I am looking forward to. Yeah. Being able to get it in other people's hands, you know, get it more visibility. Because, you know, I don't know who turns out for what. Nobody ever hits me back up. But it's always being promoted on the Instagram. So, you know, um, being able to own my own copy, you know, point people in the right direction. That's going to be awesome. Right on. Cool. Thanks again, Sweet, man. man. All right. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Ugh. Good shit, dude. Oh, that's all good. It's about to die. It's still. It lasted that long. Oh my god. I was gonna try and find a stop point so we could just crank air and you guys can have water if you want. Waters, water. Uh, I'm good. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was long. <laughs>